1: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery.
0: What's up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, and it is with my boy, Jack Dorn. JD, the great man. Uh man the last couple of years have been absolutely insane uh, i feel like he's kind of done like 8 years worth of stuff in just the last couple of years uh it seems like only not long ago that we were taking photos of him in his little red bull, uh, red bull suit in his go-kart with his little cute helmet Uh, And now he's sitting in F1 cars um, and he's bigger than me. So it's been crazy to watch the the progression, um, not only as a driver, but just as a, as a dude in general. Um, You'll probably pick up this vibe during the podcast, but JD is about as solid as it gets as a human. Um, And it just makes me so pumped to see the progression uh, of his career. He has been absolutely killing it this year in F2 um, and, like I said, he's he's had his first run uh, in an F1 car. So we might have um, our boy JD in an F1 car sooner um, than any of us would have thought. Um, so yeah, really cool. While he's, uh, while he's home, just on this little break, jump on the potty for a, a, a quick little chat. Before we get into the podcast, though, we just have to thank our epic sponsors. Um, there's a lot going on with our sponsors, as always. Um, the guys at Boost Mobile... Uh, are the title sponsor of the Boost Mobile GC500 right here on the Gold Coast from the 28th to the 30th of October. Frothing for this one. Uh, I haven't been able to get to a V8 supercar race all year um, and I'll be stoked to be there hanging out with the Boost Mobile crew, cheering on the Aribis race team. Uh, Also, good luck to those guys at the 1000 this weekend at Bathurst. Uh, If you want to join me uh, and a lot of the Gypsy gang, you can head to boost.com.au uh, and you can jump on Australia's best prepaid mobile provider. They're on the full Telstra 4G network and they've won awards in about every category that you can win um, as a prepaid service provider. So once again, go to boost.com.au. Um, I get my phones through there. I do the pre-owned uh, like the pre phone thing. I get my uh, my. Like, obviously, the, the prepaid package through there. Um, those guys are unbelievable. And I just don't see a reason to go with anyone else. And I just don't really see the reason why you should either. Uh, also, shout out to the guys at MX Store, mxstore.com.au for Australia's best range of dirt bikes, parts, and accessories. Uh, my last little run at the MX Store crew was uh, for some CRF 110s. And again, when everyone else is out of stock, The guys at mx store come through um and shout out to the team there this is this is how good those guys are right so i go in there i know nothing about 110s but i got to get some stuff for 110s so i go to the front counter blake's there and i say to blake what do i need bro and he goes mate if you get these foot pegs you grind down a little bit then they go straight in you don't have to get this you don't have to do that the throttle cables this but if you do this fully hooked me up so not only do they always have everything in stock but the whole team there is so dialed in when it comes to their customer service and customer support that you can be a complete idiot like me um and then you can just get fully dialed uh so go to mxstore.com.au they're your one-stop shop if you order before 2 p.m you'll get same day shipping Uh, If you're not lucky enough to live at that Burley Superstore that I get to go to frequently. Uh, Also, they have their MX store, Show and Shine, October 8th. So that is this Saturday from 12 till 5 at their Burley store. I'll have my bikes there on show. I bloody wish I had the CR done, but it's in pieces. Um, But I'll have the Husky there. I'll have the 350 there. I unfortunately won't be there. Uh, but I'll be there in spirit. My bikes will be there too. So go and check it out. Don't miss it. They're always a really great event. They got food, they got drinks, they got vendors, a ton of awesome bikes. Um, So if you're in the area, that's a good wholesome family Arvo. Uh, We're also brought to you by the guys at crushoz.com.au. They are your one-stop shop when it comes to cleaning anything, not just your bike. Uh, they can clean your, your toddler strider. They can clean your missus when she's been um, out and about getting all dirty. Uh, they can clean your car. They can clean everything. Uh, I personally just opt for the uh, bike care bucket. But to be fair, I've been running the same one for a while. So I actually have like the massive, um, I don't know how many liters it is, but I got like the, the big dog. Um, so I just pour my bike wash into that. But other than that, everything else still gets used from the bike care bucket. Uh, if you've never ordered off crush Oz, that's probably your best bet. Uh, just go to crushoz.com.au, uh, and they will get you sorted. Even, I even go to the point as just ordering these, uh, buckets when I go to races. Like when I went to Manji, last time I went to Manji, I burned myself heavily by not washing my bike after it drove it back to Billy, ruined the thing. Um, And it was so depressing. I actually just didn't even ride it for like six months after that. So this year I was like, not doing that again. I ordered one of their bike care buckets to get delivered to Empire Cycles. uh, And then I washed my bike every Monday, So it wasn't ruined. Uh, And it actually wasn't mine. So it was Sam Hill's bike. So I just really didn't want to destroy it. So that's how good those bike buckets are. Once again, crushoz.com.au. Are uh, also brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc Design Co. You can go to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, type in Gypsy in their search bar, and you will see that dope uh, custom retro graphics kit that we did for the 350. Um, that bike looks amazing, and uh, I had a bunch of people comment on it the other day at QMP, which was cool. Um, I like having cool bikes. Those guys always deliver. I can't take the credit for it; they're the ones that do it. Um, but you can have it too. They're actually selling that Gypsy kit. It won't just go on a KTM. They can make it fit to any modern bike. If you do get it, tag me, um, send it to me on IG. I'd be pretty stoked to uh, to see what you guys come up with. Uh, rivalinkdesignco.com. They own the game when it comes to graphics. Uh, and finally, last but not least our long-time supporters uh fist handwear it occurred to me that i haven't worn another pair of gloves for probably like 11 years actually too little product testing i threw a- away the road bike the other day uh well it wasn't a road bike it was a dirt bike on a road track um t-shirt jeans uh, t-shirt pants um some nikes and some fist gloves took some skin off my elbow but you know what didn't take anything off the fist gloves that's how good they are um you can add to fisthandwear.com. Uh the code Gypsy Gang is gonna get you fifteen percent off. Uh they're always dropping new colours and styles to always keep you fresh. I've told you before I'm a big fan of the breezes. That's pretty much what I run religiously. Have you run those yet, Griff? The Breezes? Like the basketball Yeah. They're good, eh? That's my favorite. Um, so yeah, fisthandware.com, gypsy. Gang is gonna get you 15% off. That's also gonna work at Dixonquality.com.au. Hands down the best funnels in the game as well. That's it from me. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Thank you very much for supporting our sponsors and thanks to JD for making time in his busy schedule before he goes to the uh, skydiving place. That's it. Thanks guys. Gang. Gang gang. 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 i at a gypsy. Hey. gypsy. Gang. I'm at a gypsy.
1: Mic, mic check. Can you hear everything? No I can't, I can't hear you I'm taking the piss I can hear you Fuck Fuck.
0: Wait Spin your headphones around You rookie <laughs> You got all the buttons On that side
1: I'm not t- touching The buttons though. You what? Because you've got the cord On the left Now I've got it on the right
0: Yeah these so. are different headphones I actually give myself The good headphones Oh really? Yeah these are mine I need to just buy They're like 80 bucks It's like the chair sitting here I should just buy more chairs Yeah exactly We're always playing chair roulette Is that in focus Griff? Oh, how yeah, good. Jack, doing everybody? Uh, you doing okay?
1: I'm doing pretty okay. How, <laughs> are, you, how are you doing? You doing okay?
0: No, I'm barely doing okay. I can't, that food poisoning just fully cooked me, eh? I haven't been that sick in years.
1: No, I had it at the the start of last week. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's honestly, usually when you spew, you know, you, you're going to feel better because oh, I got it out <laughs> of me, you know, better out here. <laughs> yeah. And then I spewed three more times throughout that night. I'm like, all right, I should be good. The next two days, like no energy, literally like opening my eyes as an effort and you just feel lightheaded whenever you stand up and it's like, all right, you got to get the fluids, you got to start eating, but then you can't eat because you're going to throw up again. It's difficult to try and restart Bounce basically. Back, hey. yeah. 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 Hence the coconut. <laughs> Shout out Coca Bella. <laughs>
0: Dude, what did you eat, you reckon? Do you do you know? I, like?
1: I went to like sushi break and said, like, uh, alternative is sushi train to yeah, get okay. like... Um, they do, you know, mini tuners like the, yeah. the cooked tuna, and at Sushi Break, I've always gone there for so long. They do bulks, like already on the train, they have bulk mini tuners, so I can just, you know, go just straight in, and out. they have like yeah. eight on the train there. <laughs> yeah. I can boop, you know, get four straight down, not have to order, not wait, you know, in and out. And there's only one place overseas that do mini tuna, like like how they do it here, like the cooked tuna instead of the raw, and it's, you know, pretty mint. Um, But I always knew that, you know, it was always really good here. So coming back, you know, had it, and I'm like... You're just desperate when part. you and get um, home. You're just like, yeah. oh, I just can't wait
0: to get some good sushi.
1: And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, doesn't really taste, you know, either, I'm like, fuck. Oh, so you, you can taste yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, it's pretty shit here. Like, to be <laughs> honest, that's right, it's been mint my whole life, and now, like, I come back and it's, and it's quite whack. Like, that's a bit bit unfortunate um, and you know I had I don't think I had that one well, i like fuck maybe that one just a little bit a little yeah, bit dodgy yeah and then had the others and it was it was alright and then you know that night I'm kind of feeling that weird thing in <laughs> your chest you know what I mean and it's <laughs> like you need the vomit but you're like oh you know I just maybe I could eight, probably hold off a yeah, bit maybe I don't just ate a few little things it's not really gelling you know I'll be mint in the morning you know go to sleep at like 10 at 12.30 just go for a piss right and it's middle of the night, so I went for a sit-down piss because of my pussy. <laughs> As you do <laughs> As you do, you know, don't want to spray and uh, spray. I sit and down and piss
0: pretty much most of the time, to be fair.
1: Me too. And I didn't want to spray and pray in the dark, you know what I mean? <laughs> I wanted to sit down and knew my aim was going. And I've, you know, mid piss more. I think I need to vomit here. And then I'm on sitting on the pisser, so I can't vomit in the <laughs> toilet. So I just spray all oh, on the bathroom no. floor. Oh, um, <laughs> and yeah it wasn't ideal at all went to try and take a few panadols and that sort of sensation of me having thing in my mouth and wanted to vomit more i thought i was mint two hours later in bed sit up um you know ebony was like oh you know try and make it to the bathroom i'm there and it's already coming i'm like i cannot move like you know if i if i run to go to the bathroom i'm gonna pass out knock out on the floor (laughs) and be vomiting like literally unconscious so i've Honestly, projectile vomited like three meters to my curtains from my bed. Oh, and it's just like it's no. hectic all over the carpet. Just like honestly, I was shit scared immediately because I'm like, shit, mom and dad are gonna kill me trying <laughs> to sell this house. And I've just projectile vomited. Sushi seaweed, brown and, and tuna all over this cream carpet. It smells I'm, like soy sauce now. So yeah. I'm like, I'm cold no I've just fucked the carpet and he's like, oh, it's it's all good, dude. <laughs> Um, luckily it came out perfectly because I vomited all over my bed. I had to then switch to my parents' bed to sleep the rest of the night with. Luckily they weren't there. Um, a couple hours later, vomited again, luckily in the sink and in the shower. Um, and then I started from, from the moment I stopped sort of screwing my guts up, I started shitting. Well, dude, pretty much the same story. Yeah. So, um, not good. Yeah. Not really, um, too romantic. No. um,
0: I've been trying to chase back. I reckon it was... It had to have been the chicken sandwich I had at QMP. That's it. That's the only thing I ate different to everybody else. I had a chicken toasty at QMP.
1: Really? Was it a little... That no, was good. Was it, it would have been covered in mayo, no? It cheese as well. Cheese, salt and yeah. cheese. So you can't really tell. No. But
0: yeah, dude, honestly, it was so gnarly. I've been that sick. It's crazy when you're that sick. You just... It makes me think how much you take for granted being not sick. Yeah, yeah. You're just not sick most of the time.
1: Or just when you have like a light little cold and you're like, oh, I'll get some strep you know, a bit of spray. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh fuck, this is shit. Look, but you're like they- there, you're chilling. You're on the couch watching Netflix, having some strep salts, which taste not too bad, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, with a bit of blocked nose, it's a hell lot better than literally half dead, spewing your guts oh, out. Man. And yeah, you get no, to that point it's- where it's like you're spewing. There's nothing left. So it's just like contracting you are there, like, like <laughs> literally in that weird stage where there's nothing coming out. Your body still wants to to try and get stuff out. It's not a not a nice place to be in. Nah, well, you're on the mend. I'm on the mend, hopefully. I still can't eat
0: much though. I'm no, still kind of scared to eat. But go for toast and like that's what I've been on doing. My,
1: my first day, I just like banana smoothie. Yeah. And the Hydrate. Did you try that Hydrate? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. What yeah, I mean? mean on the
0: electrolytes. Yeah. And
1: shit. Um, and then I think. I didn't eat for like the whole first two days. And then because I was sleeping like all through the day. Um, yeah, then you can't sleep at night. Yeah, then I woke up like at three thirty. Yeah, that was and me I'm this like, morning. I'm like, bang, go down, make some food. So I went down and had like three slices of toast and then went back to sleep. And then for a few nights, I was like up every day from like three thirty. Yeah, it just jacks you. Because you're like, your sleep pattern's just completely off. Because that first day, you're just like asleep.
0: Are you, speaking of sleep, are you onto the track in your sleep yet?
1: um i have uh garmin and or i used to run or you know the or uh, is that good yeah, yeah really really good yeah but it's not a watch you know what i mean but it's yeah. more ac- it's the i think it's, more it's the accurate, most eh? accurate i think it's like 73 percent accurate you know and that and that's the highest accuracy of sleep device and then yeah. you have like that whoop you know the yeah band, yeah, yeah, um, yeah and then you have your garmin watches uh but it's you know, nothing's hundred percent or even eighty percent. You know, the aura yeah. at seventy-three percent is the highest accuracy of a sleeping device. That that number might not be exactly right, but plus or minus, you know, a percent or two. Um, and it's it's quite good, yeah. But it's did it's you get ridiculous, in, did you get like into it? Way too into it, really. Like on the on the basis of, I got it between last year on between Spa and Sanfourt last year. Yeah. So I just had you know an awesome weekend last year in F three and Spa and my aura came that's my track by the way yeah exactly <laughs> you're good in the ferrari on the sim weren't you, you remember yeah i was Only yeah. like 14 seconds off or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, was,
0: it was quite good i think i smoked in the last sector or something i can't
1: remember yeah maybe yeah that, that chicane's good straight isn't it <laughs> and uh, i got it i'm like sweet you know what i mean i get to track my sleep see see you know exactly how much sleep i'm getting when i'm going to sleep and stuffed me up so much because i was so focused on my sleep that honestly i was waking up waking up right and going okay like the first thing i'm doing is checking my phone for aura right yeah i'm checking i'm on the aura app and i'm like why is it not updating like it's it's not not, it's it's not updating right it's Mm -hmm. not loading and I check, and it's like 2 a.m., bro. My my body still thinks I'm asleep, yeah, so that yeah, it yeah. hasn't finished. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Like it's 2 a.m. Go back to sleep. But I was, as soon as I woke up, I was like, aura, check check my sleep, you know. And I was, I had the shittest night's sleep that whole weekend because I was so focused on, yeah. you know, tracking it and monitoring it and and seeing, you know, all the little different things. Um, but I think the best thing about the aura ring is the HRV, the heart yeah, rate variability. Yeah, yeah, yeah because you can tell that's so- just
0: that's just come in on the on my garment how's it yeah yeah
1: because it's so good to track you know you can track if you're going to get be ill yeah. you know two to three days in advance of when you get sick yeah Your heart rate variability goes up you know just ever well, so down, slight. down, down. so down, yeah. if it drops ever so slightly you know there can be obviously different different
0: um yeah no you're exactly right and like this week um yeah, you can literally see like the way that my heart rate variability went down when I'm sick. Yeah, Like shit. it's insane, eh? It's such Wait,
1: so what's your average? Is it like mid 60s, is it? 76. 76, yeah.
0: 75, 76. Um, which I think that's kind of on point. It's yeah. when you drop below. I, was, I actually was reading a bunch about it yesterday because I've. Dude, this. The watching has been really good. Like I've been super into it um with like the sleep tracking and all that sort of stuff no it's good it is good i don't get i was doing the same thing like i'd wake up in the morning and i'm like sitting on the shitter and i'm like scrolling (laughs) down on the thing trying to refresh it but i i wear the the strap when i do jiu-jitsu yeah and i wear my watch when i ride as you can tell by the screen being completely fucked
1: um every morning on on race weekends um we have you know like a sheet to fill out on you know sort of pea color one to five. Oh, um, really uh, you know sleep uh, you know hours slept does your trainer average, give you all that yeah, yeah so just yeah. on a, like excel spreadsheet yeah and he's a geek. we met him in um, Barcelona yeah and you met Fergus there right yeah you yeah, met Fergus yeah. yeah I have now a new performance coach as well oh, so, yeah. um Sergi who is a little Spanish uh, Spanish guy yeah I started working with him from Red Bull Ring so I did my first you could say uh you know meet with him um we trialed in monza for my second run in the f1 car and then he couldn't actually do silverstone race weekend because he was racing the 24 hours of barcelona on, on on bike oh sick um so he rides and then um you know he stopped that to then become you know my full-time performance coach moved to monaco at the end of august as oh, well or just outside sick. so we're um you know there every day together so he's a really cool dude as well um but yeah so you know your heart rate variability you know average heart rate you know sleep out of 5 um you know soreness fatigue you know etc um just have a base obviously over over the weekend and then kind of like a mood states you know on, on how you're percepting things going yeah. through um so it definitely helps having a device that that you can accurately have good readings from uh which you know help us for that for those reasons as well
0: so what's your hrv said i
1: think it was like between like 110
0: 120 that's high yeah is that that's good
1: for i think for my age and for that group yeah if i dropped like if i dropped like high 90s like that was uh like i don't know not not ideal you know or not not ideal just like from where i was you know i was like kind of i remember around being like 118 area and then i think when i was sick i would go like 70s really yeah so covid and so on and i remember covid my resting heart rate not resting but i just remember during the day like checking my heart rate um i think in covid like i was in the low 50s to mid 50s for resting heart rate when normally i'm like 37 38 really? on resting heart rate that's hectic and during the day i remember just looking and it's like you know i'm just sitting there and it's like eight high 80s during the day i'm like, like shit like this is not good i've tried to go for a surf when having covered as soon as i got over like 110 i just went into a coughing fit. <laughs> yeah. i literally went and i couldn't clear my throat and i needed to go in like it's like 110 boom limit where when i'm training you know i'm going into 200 yeah on i'd say a normal basis on is reg, at yeah. least over 190 to 200 you know on yeah. a regular um so to have that limit you know cut at 110 and you're literally dying yeah like when you like, could normally double that yeah and you're literally there like my throat's not clearing of phlegm and cough and i'm like can't breathe can't get a clear and it's just crazy like how it's almost like it's a safety you know your body's yeah like, yeah, yeah. it's like a rev limiter yeah it's like yeah. your body's like no we're in maintenance right now you know what i yeah. mean we're, we're <laughs> yeah. in recovery Yeah. this is this is a safety you yeah know what I mean? at 110 this is the limit on engine you know we can't you yeah. can't put it you know you need yeah. to bed this baby back in you yeah, can't yeah. go hey, this is your hard limiter 110 and it's low but that makes a to, lot of sense like, you know, that's a good way to say it. In, in a way that's what you that's how that's all i could really think of and then you slowly you know get back to to where you are and it's just you know sort of opening up the gears that little bit more um but yeah i struggled recovering from from covid and then the third jab because the day i tested negative i tested negative at the airport of the day that i was flying because i needed to come straight back i needed to fly so straight fly here no or when um, was it? so i had COVID at the end of january yeah and uh i needed to fly straight from from here to a training camp with alpine we had a two-week training camp in um in tenerife yeah in the, uh, the islands in canary islands in spain and uh yeah, so I was still po- the morning of my flight. I was still positive. I'm like, you know, I can't be positive. Like I need to be yeah. negative. So luckily, I turned a, te- a negative test that afternoon, and I was able to fly out. And I flew straight to Tenerife, and I went in. You know, after being shitted for ten days, straight into a two-week training camp, but putting my heart rate like 204, 206, and it was it was hectic. Um, like it still. The performance wasn't bad. Like it was still but strong, super hard. But it was just, it was just it. like, yeah, it was. I was so sore, like you know, I was drained cardiovascular, uh, cardiovascularly. I don't yeah, know, even know yeah. on my cardio. You know, on my um, that's pro- that's pretty much like the worst. Side of things.
0: That's like the worst thing with COVID. I reckon yeah. is like the the effects that it has on your stamina. Because I noticed that training, like it just you get so winded when you shouldn't, yeah. or when you normally don't.
1: But i as well, I just wasn't recovering. My my muscles weren't recovering, like like on day you know day three day four and you're literally walking to breakfast and it's just like you're like a brick yeah just (laughs) everything and i'm like dude like i literally we had like you know a break kind of an hour and a half for lunch and then sort of whatever you know depending on how long lunch took and then back to training and a few other boys too but literally i would either sleep or in all my spare time after dinner after i'd just be there with a massage going yeah the whole time yeah. literally just on on the on the couch just brrr, like doing nothing else but trying to recover yeah because it, it it was heavy and then i was on the mend you could say from that and uh uh what what was it i think i was just about to fly to um no it was after getting back from the bahrain test pre-season testing and uh i'd obviously had covid Four weeks ago or three weeks ago and they said okay you know to go to jeddah you need to be triple vaxxed <sighs> and i'm like well i don't because i'm three weeks post covid you know and that's supposed to last six months or whatever yeah, or, 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 for the antibodies, or yeah whatever. antibodies yeah antibodies yeah. or whatever you know if i was at vaccination right now i could potentially die because my antibodies are, are through the roof like before my dad went to get his first vaccination, you know, he went and saw a doctor, saw a doctor, got his, you know, test and they're like, no, don't get the vaccination right now. Your antibodies are way too high. You know, it could harm you, you um, know, badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, no, they don't accept any so- forms of certificate, any forms of, you know, reasoning why. What either- country is Jedder in? Jedder's Saudi Arabia. Okay. They're either like, you're triple jabbed or you're not racing or you're not entering our country. So I'm like, so it was on that day that, like, all right, we need to get you in now to go get your triple jab so i'm slightly shitting it because i'm like shit you know i can have a severe reaction, reaction here or potentially worse you know it's extremely high because i've had covid three weeks ago <laughs> not a month not a couple of months like three weeks ago i literally just recovered from covid and now you're going to put a you know the third vaccination in and uh you know luckily i didn't have a reaction that would result in you know going to hospital or you know life-threatening but I was way sicker than I ever was with COVID. Really, I was, you know, all for for the next, and uh, I wasn't. I got sick and I recovered a little bit for the race for Bahrain, and then the slightest climate change, the slightest different, you know, sort of, uh, you know, environment like sleep or, or, or whatever, like that. boom, sick. <sighs> like then whole weekend in Jeddah, super sick. I think Imola was okay, okay, Barcelona, boom, I was super sick um at that rate i'm a yeah. blocked nose i blocked ears i was done um and it was there so hot too. yeah and there, there was like i think of this year and there was like you know i can think of more rounds that i was fighting something with my doctor trying to find medications and so on of being ill than not you know just because of that and um you know i'm hoping end of season few months you know i can rebuild but i haven't been able to you know what i mean it's just been like so so something so slightly it just kicks it and it's like i'm ill so easily and, and it's shit and it's all because of that you know of something that really isn't even a thing yeah, now, yeah you know what everyone I mean? just kind of dropped it exactly it's, it's monkeypox now bro you gotta you gotta look out for that does anyone so, actually have that is, is that, that even uh, in oz yet i don't think so there'll be a vaccination soon and yeah. someone will be getting it because it's like everything you know you know, four, four vaccinations, five vaccinations. You know, the companies, they're not gonna, they're not gonna say, oh no, it's all sweet now, guys, yeah, you're yeah. all good. They're gonna say, oh, you know, you need your fourth immunization. You know, to to keep continuing, continuing on this process of. Uh, immunity and to you know become stronger and it's like yeah if i was the owner of pfizer i wouldn't want to stop making money <laughs> yeah. either you know yeah. what i mean if he stops selling this this is all advertisement for him if he stops selling this he's not going to be bringing in this money the long the longer they can continue this the longer you know the, the media like the avengers, the
0: news, avengers end game avengers. <laughs> yeah exactly to but, this it, shit. but
1: it's 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 the truth you know that everyone's making money from it apart yeah. from cutting the world, cutting Australia off from the world, which wasn't the smart point. Yeah. Um, because well, now See, they
0: see they literally, I think yesterday they announced that they just closed down all of those like quarantine facilities. Did they? Yeah. And there was like, oh, I was seeing a bunch of people were posting it yesterday, but it was like $280 million on this one facility and they had like 2,000 people go through it. So it's like $280,000 per fucking person. Yeah. Like just Crazy, astronomical money that got
1: spent on that so shit. So it's like, it's almost like, all right, so we lost... X amount of money from tourism and you know, but we will make they're probably making oh. so much money from hotel quarantine. Usually number one, still paying for the flights to come back. And then number two, spending, you know, if not what you're paying for your flight or more on hotel quarantine for two weeks, you know, for every single passenger coming through. But then um, when we
0: went when we went over to um Europe at the start of the year. Literally nothing. Nothing. Have to wear a mask on the plane. No, maybe I didn't even have to wear a mask on the
1: plane. It was like, even though through the the height of it all, never once, even in 2020 going back over, never once had to quarantine Mm. anywhere ever. Apart from my home. In Oz, yeah. In Oz, you know. Coming home twice... yeah you guys all cop today like you look forward you don't look forward to coming home because you're like i can't get excited yet because i have to quarantine for two weeks weeks when i get home so i can't see anyone i'm not keen you know you're excited to get home you're like oh yeah sweet on the plane but it's like shit two weeks ago to where i am now that's what i have to wait before i can see anyone and actually enjoy being home yeah and it's depressing you know what i mean because it's like you get in in the morning and you find out in the afternoon that this is day zero. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're yeah, not even yeah. on day one, yeah. and that's when you're like, dude, like this is heavy. Well, this- I
0: had to. I think the only I had to do seven days in Jakarta when I went to Bali at the start. Oh okay, yeah, so yeah, I had. that's all I had. Which to is do.
1: like one week's not bad, but yeah, like, it was bro. actually fine. But if I
0: had to do that again, it would have been pretty. Shit.
1: Yeah, but you think like when you're at day seven, you're like, all right, done, good, let's go. It's like all right, but you need to do another seven. That's dude, when it's like, well,
0: <laughs> how's I? They knocked on my door, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? and uh, they're like oh you got to get your COVID test and i was like oh sweet i thought i had a whole nother day so i like got out oh, a, really? a day before i actually thought oh no way yeah. that's sick yeah and then i i figured out on the last day too i asked the guy, I was like oh can you open that balcony for me And they're like yeah sweet no worries so i had like a balcony the really whole, the whole so you time you didn't like, know that you, you nah, could open that it it was locked and i was like oh it must be like for quarantine and they're like no we can open it oh really so i cooked myself the whole trip completely mm. and then you know what else was cooked didn't surf in bali the whole time either what yeah fuck that up. i just didn't try to get it try to get a board didn't get a board and then i just yeah just did jiu-jitsu the whole time how long were you there for six weeks six weeks you didn't, didn't surf, surf nah, once no nah, i thought you'd like that <laughs> i'm pretty pretty retarded bro <laughs> yeah i cooked it
1: how surely you could get a board dude yeah i
0: could yeah i probably could have but it just didn't end up happening for me
1: so you prefer to roll down on the mats than go for a wave
0: I would have liked to have go for a surf, but yeah, I just didn't make it happen. Just didn't make it happen six no. weeks, bro. Oh, <laughs> no,
1: <I> Tight <laughs> like, schedule, man. I Tight schedule.
0: Thought, I thought you'd like that one. Oh, have dude. you surfed since you've been back here?
1: Um, I surfed when I went for the first, my first surf on the Monday. Uh, I'm, what definitely, day is it today? I'm definitely keen to... Tuesday Thursday. Arvo. Tuesday Arvo. Yep. Um, but bro, it's like waist high at the moment. Is it not um, good? It's not. It's clean in the mornings. But like waste to, you know, an odd, I think in Palmy, like two avenues down on my left, there's this little bank that's doing a shory. That's the last I mean?
0: time I was surfing was like that, that little, that little bank down there. Yeah. It was actually pretty good.
1: Um, But I'm just on, I have like this 5.8 um, shortboard foamy from JS. It's oh, like a 38 yeah. litres. Yeah. So it's, it's a boat. Yeah. But it still performs. So it's fun rather than getting like a foamy mouth. You know what I mean? And the yeah. thing being a boat.
0: I've got one of them MF ones. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Twin, I know what you mean. The twin fin. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. so good, eh? So
1: fun, huh? So, um, yeah, I just, on that, um on Tuesday, Arvo, and then yesterday morning. And then I was training this morning from 7 to 8. So I got up at 6. I'm like, you know, to go maybe get a little wave. But I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm in a one mil weddy top. It's like raining. It's 16 degrees. And it's like a foot I'm like dude it's not worth <laughs> this it worth this it. is not worth the, the it I'm, worth the this squeeze. is no no way bro I'm gonna be freezing my nuts <laughs> off and it's not even worth it you know I would 100% if it was any good I'm like yeah you know I'd go in and boardies for it you know what yeah, I mean yeah. I don't care if it's cold I'm I want to enjoy but not this for one foot. not for I'm like dude like this is just this is not worth it I'm looking at, I'm looking at like some Brecki, some like you know put some on I'm like yeah, that's that's what's <laughs> worth it right now. Until, until I need to leave. Um,
0: how's um how's the boxing with Benny been?
1: Yeah, well I just started. Um, He's a GA. Yeah, really good. So, uh, I did quite a quite a bit of you could say combat training, um, bit of MMA like uh, when I first moved over. So they say through like 2017, 18, and 19 with a coach who I was using in my local gym over there. You know nothing serious, just as a another form of cardio. But doing things correctly, you know what I mean, not just punching pads, you yeah, know, in the right way with the right techniques, learning the right way. Um, and then I haven't for the past few years. And you know I'm here, uh, you know, have a, a specific, obviously my my, my training from Sergi, you know, sending it over um but then i you know i wanted to to mix things up as well while i'm here and and enjoy being you know in a gym and and doing something different you know mixing mixing it up um and i you know i enjoy combat sports as well you know viewing yeah. and also participating uh so i thought it'd be you know a good opportunity to a, a ch- opportunity to do something and also you know to refine something you know kind of. Go into depth and uh, you know learn something yeah new not new because i've you know done before but sort of um reapply that foundation yeah. and kind of get my mind working again and like you know last year when i came back i got really into you know the, the weight park the cable weight park um and you know when i do things you know i like to To do it properly. You know what I mean? I can't go and be a kook. Yeah. So, like, you know, I could always, when I was growing up, you know, cable wakeboarding, I could always hit the rails, you know, I could hit the jumps, I could, you know, do, you know, simple board grabs, 180s, so on. But I was like, you know what I mean? I don't want to just do that. So, like, I was, when I was here last year, I literally went every single day. And by the time I left, you know, I could, you know, front flip, back flip, 360, hit rails, 360, and, you know, be 360 off. And nothing, like, in that short period of time, that progression compared to, like, jd as like a 13 14 year old that i used to go there you know all through the year there was nowhere you know i was kind of on the same for that whole time but then like i dedicated to actually like just you know grinding it and actually to you know get to a decent level and not just like the the sort of i'd say above the basics but you know to a sort of level where i'm like actually doing it properly you know at an amateur level and then it's like yesterday I went, you know, indoor skydiving at, at iFly here on the coast and uh, I didn't feel like a kook but I'm like, you know, I'm doing... You know, You're a white belt, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I'm doing subtle movements, you know, to, to maneuver myself, you know, in, in the tunnel but I'm like... I hate this, you know what I mean? I want to be able to have yeah. complete mobility and movement of, of my body and know how I can get onto my back, stand up, really maneuver myself. And I hate feeling like this cook, you know, I want to be able to go somewhere, you know, whether that's in Abu Dhabi where they have a good one in Europe and be able to, you know, have a good foundation. So, I needed to then book out, you know, a couple of sessions today <laughs> full on to make sure that <laughs> yeah. I can can learn this and and can come to a good ground because it's also keeping your mind sharp you know yeah. learning new things uh, conquering different abilities of your body um you know coming around coming over fears uh, discovering new things so it's cool and i'll, I'll see how see how this goes
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of the cool things about you and a lot of i guess like professional sports people is there's just like a cuz Casey's the same you know like you you do anything with Casey and it's like he wants to know the exact right way to do it and you know when like you go riding moto with him he'll do he'll do laps and he'll do yeah. his motos but then at the end of the day he's like right let's go out and work on this corner yeah and you know he'll sit up on the top of the hill and he'll be like jace you're doing this like come around and and do that blah 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 and then he'll just sit there and all the, like he just doesn't want to go home he yeah, just yeah, want, yeah you know it's like wants to get it right keep wants chipping to get, away keep yeah yeah keep and refining. It's, i i've always loved that it's like I always used to get shit from it because Maddie's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like the exact opposite. He just wants to fuck. He'll, he was just going he'll to ride rag. for like three hours. and But it's funny. It's like two different ways to get to the same place almost. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Griff's the same too, to be honest. Like Griff, he was sending it the other day at QMP. <laughs> like you can't tell him anything. You don't give a fuck about no technique. You don't want to <laughs> know nothing. But he'll ride all day. And it's like he just figures it out by like doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So like there's some people that are like that. Right, at the then, end of
1: the day, he'll have got to that point where you're doing it in segments yeah. yeah. like kind of pen and paper like analyzing at the end of the day you've gotten it at the end of the day he's ended on his ass three times maybe but he's gotten there as well you know what I mean where you're there like okay uh, yeah x money, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. all, all mathematically have calculated the perfect way to do it and he's just there what just sending <laughs> yeah, it yeah. time after time and he's gotten there and you're there on, on that same path but. but
0: to me i think that like i think it's just the way different people's brains work you for know? sure and it's yeah. just like well, i've got that kind of brain where it's, it seems fun to me to yeah. try and break it down where then, like Maddie and Griff and guys like that, it's not fun for them. Like yeah. they're just like, "Fuck off, just let me ride." You yeah, know? exactly. But I think you're definitely one of those people where it's just like, zone in, figure it out. But I just, I'm, I
1: think for consistency, it's the way it needs to be because you've, you've you can repeat you've conquered it that. from from all angles. You know what I mean? You've understood, uh, you know, all parts of say say the corner. You know, um, the ruts, the berm. You know, you've took everything into account. You know, I don't, I don't know you know, so much the terminology of, of motocross and, you know, on track. So it's difficult for me to put into words on what I'm trying to say, but, um, yeah, you've analyzed everything, you know what I mean? Exactly where you want to be, you know, landing. We'll put it into car terms, like put it into your world. You know, exactly where, you know, you want to be at the, at where you want to be braking, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, it's a really long entry. So you're turning in flat, you know, just after the entry of this curb. Then you know you're breaking just after the 100, just after the 100 at the at the 90, um, and then that's as soon as after your peak break, you know you're just starting to turn in, releasing the pressure as you're bleeding into you know your first apex and then washing wide, where that's what you're doing you know yeah. where the others are just coming in not real reference just on field turning yeah. and breaking kind of getting in you know locking the rear locking the front uh, all over the place a little bit coming in you know missing the corner here and there you know all over the place for a few laps and in the end they start to get that feel you know yeah. what i mean they, yeah. they go okay that was too deep that was too early you know here i'm locking the rear here i'm, I'm now pinching the front um and they have that position but it's never going to be 100 percent accurate yeah. you know what i mean where we're on reference you know we know at the beginning of that entry curb you know we're starting to turn in just past the hundred now we're breaking soon as after the initial hit of breaking after the hundred at the ninety we're coming off the brake and starting to to turn you know to actually crank the lock on and that's not going to change yeah, entry yeah curb's not going to change your 100 boards not going to change so if you do that exactly right you're going to be hitting that 100 percent every time but if you're on feel which some drivers are on feel you know some people you have your reference but you're you're locked in on feel and you know it's it's both ways can work but in order to do it 100 percent right you know especially when you get to the the you could say the the like higher the end of the level, pyramid yeah. you know it needs to be 100 percent on reference because you're relying on on that you know what i mean it can't be just on on feel and sometimes it has to be in the wet you know what i mean you have to be on feel you don't know yeah you're starting the race and it's wet You've got no rev. you haven't done any wet running on this track, you haven't yeah. done anything and you have to go out there and you need to just have that feel, you know. You know your reference is, it's 100 in the dry, you know, under this hairpin, so you're going to go, right, I'm going to give myself 50 meters So just maybe around the 150, I'm going to yeah. lift that yeah, and close and that's either going to be, you know, you're either going to go, shit, I need to put more pressure on or, oh no, that's a, a little bit early and then you judge that for the first couple laps, uh, you know, or for the first lap, you get a feel of, you know, you go on. A reference in a way, you know what I mean, because you're not just going in blind and going, okay, this is where I'm going to go. You know, you have your reference from your hundreds or your fifty in there, so you're kind of going gonna go fifty meters back, and then that's where you're gonna bleed out of the throttle coming onto the brake, and that's yeah. where you're gonna know, okay, that's too early, that's too late, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're gonna have new references for those conditions, but it's gonna be drying out, so you're gonna to have to know that each lap that you're driving that you might need to either go a little step forward a little step backwards from that reference if you don't have that reference then you're just going to be guessing the whole yeah. time and the thing isn't going to be consistent you're going to be ragdolling your car you won't be able to be nice and gentle and smooth your inputs because it's going to be different
0: i think too that that style that you're talking about of like being super clinical about your approach it's probably goes a long way in your world for relating feedback back to engineers because if you're doing the same thing every time, like tire degradation, for example, so if you're hitting the same marker, the same brake pressure, if you're doing everything the same, and then the car's doing something different, that's probably when you'd be able to go like, okay, I can relate back to engineers like tire, you know, tire feel things like that.
1: And it's like, um, you know, but if you're doing your it car, different every
0: time, then it's like, well, what's the variable?
1: Exactly. You have your your ride height, you know, and you have your plank, your wooden plank on the on the bottom of the car and for you know for it to be optimum you run as low as you possibly can because you have less overall drag and you have more you know your the car's lower to the ground so you have more downforce you know generated by the floor so you want to try and get as low as possible you know almost in all, all circumstances obviously then in, in race trim you have a lot more fuel so you have to raise the car um And because the car's going to be squatting a lot more, you know, kind of, you could say bouncing. um, So, you need to raise the car. But for quality, especially, and in the race, you know, for those calculations, you want to be as low as possible. And the team are trying to work out, all right, we need to find out, you know, where we're going to be bottoming. You know, how much is too much? Yeah. And that's going to be wearing the plank too much to an illegal level. And also, you know, it's the drivability isn't great. But then where it's too high and it's not really working. So, all right, we're going to maybe go and find the limit of the plank here. And if you're going at every single you know if you're gonna all right we're gonna back to back this we're gonna do it you know on this level in here and if you go you're driving two different lines you know the because the circuit has bumps the circuit where you're exiting over a curb you know onto a double curb or if you don't hit that double curb it might bottom it might not bottom if you late apex you know on the entry you might feel the bottoming if you don't you might not so if you don't drive exactly perfectly on your references and the exact same line hitting the exact same exits, you know, using your curb usage exactly the same or even just crossing over the straight and a different point of the crowning, Mm. you know, exiting, you know, the bottoming is going to be completely different and you're not going to get the calculations and numbers and feedback that you're going to be working towards and you're just going to send yourself into a completely wrong direction. So, if you have 100% references, if you're working on 100% exact same piece of track, same piece of line, you know, within reason. You're not going to just do a stupid line. But if you're working, you know, on the optimum line for the optimum amount of bottoming for the weekend, it needs to be 100% on point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like, that was one big takeaway from uh, going to Barcelona and getting to put on the headset, like with Danny, Danny and his yeah. engineer. Mind-blowing, dude. Like, honestly, I walked away from there being like, mm, it's probably too much. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this is way too much information for someone going that fucking fast in a car but that's like really how much goes into it you know and
1: that's that's the you know when you come in from from the track you you come into the box and you know they sit in for you know that's initial comments that's just off the top of yeah, your head yeah. you know you're talking about all right you know high speed a little bit oversteer on the entry um very like but general. then you know the low speed slight understeer on and en- you know entry under rotation and then you know i'm struggling on traction on the exit um bottoming's good rides good uh you know i feel i could take a little bit more front wing maybe um or i could you know a little bit less front wing it's just little comments trying to cover all areas not going um, you know the entry of turn one, turn two you know going because you don't have that much time mm. so that's what you hear is your initial blame little sort of dot points and then you go into your debrief you know kind of post session you have your, your post session debrief which can be you know an hour and an hour and a half and that's where you know it, you don't go into like gaga land but you just like dive like into really it, into the completely wings. yeah into, into everything um, you know you will debrief the session drive driver engineer engineer going through the the run plan the times what happened and then you'll dive into it and then download the data and then you'll go through it you know you properly so um it just it does get deeper and deeper and then you know as you move up into uh, formula one and you're doing say formula one test days or private testing and you know you it, it goes further you know when these meetings are longer there's a lot more people you know kind of watching in and there's a lot more people involved there's so much more areas to be covered um yeah. and yeah it just gets obviously more and more full-on in that department so it, it it is um a lot to sort of understand when you're green you could say oh. to, that, to that department well it,
0: even like uh because we could hear the we could hear the whole session so like we had the headphones on yeah. for like the entire The entire like FP1, FP2 and then Quali. And uh, like in the free practices, it's like, okay, we need you to go through turn two at 120. And then the next lap, we need you to go through turn two at 140. And they're just trying to get all this data on the car. And just for the, it's actually, it was interesting to get context of why FP1 and FP2, it's so... Like all over the place yeah. with time. I mean, obviously, the good cars are kind of more towards the top normally, yeah. but there's so much that's going on behind the scenes of trying to get data. And I guess earlier in the season two, brand new cars, like there was exactly, probably a lot yeah. more of that going on than normal. They're trying to it get numbers. But it just blew me away, man.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, what you would have been hearing is like an Aero Cruise where they have, you know, they have a um, rotary, uh rotary with all different, obviously, um, with all different, how I could say, sections on the rotary, you know, that they can go to, they would go to arrow, and then there would be seven positions on the aero um, from P1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 and depending on, you know, what position they go to is what speed they'll, they'll cap it out at and they go, all right, after turn 12, go to arrow position P4 um, and, and go flat and it'll be a 200k, you know, limit. And after turn 12, you might have a straight of a couple hundred meters. You go flat and it just limits at 200 down that straight. You press OK, go back yes. you know, to your aero P1, come back to tyre 1 and that's collected. That, day, that aero cruise is done. That will go to aero and tyre department and he will analyze to try and see what he can and, and take his calculations forward for the weekend from that. But then they can do that in, in basically however they want. Um, so that's what you would have been hearing that is um, typically done in you know p1 and p two sessions on in laps and and outlaps.
0: Yeah it, it was just mental to see yeah. like just how much data that they were calculating and <laughs> and it's like it's easy to to think uh. You go like, okay, fair enough that they capture that data, but it's like a real dude sitting in this tiny car going really, really fast. There's hundreds of thousands of fans around. He's just come like to walk from the McLaren semi to the to the box. There's 400 photos that got taken. Like, there is so much going on, like at all times. times, and it's just. I think maybe that's what I mean. I don't even think I don't even know if people know that's how gnarly it is. Like I think from the outside, especially with like the drive to survive and stuff like that, I think people see the sport for the glitz and the glamour, and you know for what it is. And I guess people talk about the technical regulations, and everyone's, I guess they try to make uh, make it come across like that. But I, d- I just honestly don't even know if it fully gets across just how gnarly it is.
1: Yeah, I think you know with obviously drive to survive, people are becoming more involved in Formula One with a with a very subtle understanding of the sport and then they're trying to be more open or maybe not trying to be more open but people are paying more attention than the formula 1 you know and then i'm seeing more press releases on technical infringements um you know financial disputes uh, yeah. contract issues uh, so people this is you know conversation starters for people now yeah, and, yeah, and you yeah. know topic pickers so people can you know go to their breakfasts go to their lunch go oh did you see you know on formula 1 this this contract issue between McLaren and Alpine or did yeah. you see you know uh, Two teams, yeah, Red Bull and Aston Martin are over the budget cap, like whoa. But like, not really understanding what that means, yeah, like they've yeah. done something wrong. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. What, like that's cool, like yeah. And then it's like, yeah, okay, um, and they try and you know then improvise on on what their sort of understanding of it really is. Um, but now people are just becoming more involved in in the sport, but that's on what they want you to see. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what's show showcased, but, but people are not um. And not shown the other side of things what what you were you know talking about um which is obviously uh, mostly showed in in formula one and mostly you know felt in, in that obviously area um then it kind of drops away as you go down that ladder um i'd say you know then indycar formula you know formula two not it's not you know, your your premier in the US or you might have, you know, the top class World Endurance Championship and then your V eight supercars, um, which is where, you know, would kind of drop down. But they're the top tiers of the areas the that they're F1's racing. F one's
0: just on its own level, like a, a whole level of its own, really, eh? Like it's it's a pretty massive jump, it seems like, from let's say IndyCar to F one. It feels yeah, like no, a no,
1: huge one hundred percent. Yeah. Like the thing is that if someone makes, you know, a silly mistake in the you know, in the V8 field, maybe, you know, runs in the back of someone, you know, it's oh, you know, he's stuffed up, you know, it happens. But if someone makes a mistake in, in the Formula 1 world of things, you're going to get brutally hammered, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. massively yeah. from blokes you do not know on the <laughs> other side of the world, just, you know, having their own opinion, yeah. you know, before there's even a reason, you know what I mean? If if for some what reason you wouldn't know that, you know, for some reason old mate's rear brakes have failed, yeah. you know, and he comes in, locks up and, you know, doesn't really know what's happening himself and goes into the back of someone. And got
0: that much time to react.
1: You know what I mean? But his rear brakes are gone. There's nothing he could have done, you know, but it looks like he's locked up and he's come in and gone into the back of someone. In one hour, two hours, there would be millions and millions of people roasting this dude saying, yeah. oh, he's a shit driver. You know, where's that? How does he how's that he, Yeah, how's he gotten into Formula One? They should sack him, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All this roast, right? And it's like, his rear brakes failed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing he could have done. But people got, they don't care. It's anything that they can use to to stab out at, at anyone, you know, and it's, it's oh, always going Danny to be the at same. Monaco this year. Oh, same deal. Same deal. Not knowing that, you know, they were trying to go lower and lower and lower with the rear ride height and uh, to try and find the optimal and especially with the porpoising at the moment, you know, the floor is such a, a, key, compa- a key component to the car. It's so efficient. Um, which is why they're having issues with the porpoising because it's got that much suction to the ground that it's then bottoming and, and then, and, and then yeah. bouncing back up. And they're trying to go super low. Monaco being a super high downforce track and he's coming through the swimming pool section. So much compression. Car's being sucked to the ground. And honestly, the car canoed. So he's bottomed out and he's essentially got you know both front and rear wheels off the ground <laughs> and the car just, you know, loses it. Yeah. He's got, he's canoeed, You know what I mean? He's starting spinning and you've got no gravel trap there. You've got, you know, Armco and he's gone straight into the wall. Everyone's like, oh, you know, Daniel stuffed up again, puts it in the wall. And it's like, no, you know, they were, <laughs> they were testing, trying to find how low they could go on the ride height. He was probably given, trying to give it full beans as well. And the answer was is. not that low. Yeah. And it, and it, and it didn't work. And he puts it in the wall, you know, no fault of his own he i'm sure he wasn't you know half sending either he's probably giving it large and um and it just didn't come together bottoms out he's in the wall and all of a sudden there's so much hate on him it's like wait you know some people do mistakes here and all right they don't deserve to be clapped like that you know what (laughs) i mean but but they have made mistakes you know what i mean so there's a reason you have to accept that that that's how it's going to be but when it's there's something outside of your control and it happens like that, you know, that's that's the cruel side of things. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's how it is and you need to be able to not manage it, just block it out. Yeah. yeah. You know? And by managing it, you're blocking it out and, um, you know, just not diving into it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Not really focusing on it, you know, it is what it is. You'll get hate no matter what, you know, on, on anything, if, depending on who goes to Formula One, you know, and in the end of the day, you know, someone... Uh, you know, goes to, to Formula One and, you know, they haven't really done much or, or whatever and they get a drive. Oh, he doesn't deserve it, blah, blah blah. But you know, if I was that guy, I'd be going. But you're not in Formula One, are you? <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? In yeah, the yeah. end of the day, yeah. you can say all that, but he's in Formula One, and uh and you know that's the cards you've been dealt. You know, if you had the opportunity, you would do the same. Yeah. It's like people who you know have a, a dad who's you know head of a business company or real estate, and you know their son gets you know obviously helped into a really good position, and then you know is easily transitioned transitioned, and you know is is doing well. And they're like, oh yeah, but he wouldn't have been there yeah. it's daddy's dad, blah blah. Yeah. Fair enough, exactly. But if you were his son, you wouldn't go, Oh, the other half don't have that, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna do that. You would take advantage of yeah, it. It's 100%. how it's how life is, you know what I mean? You're not gonna gonna sit around and, and not use the opportunities you have just because you have it and others don't. You know, unfortunately that's just how life is. And if if you're you have a dad who can buy a team and get you into Formula One, you're not gonna say, Dad, don't do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would be great, but I, I you know that's going to look bad you will you know what I mean and you're going to go drive for formula 1 and you're going to do it and and that's just how it is you're going to cop hate but uh that's how the world works you know what I mean anyone else would do the exact same thing yeah um so you you know there's always to look at things um and you just need to you know not dive try not to dive into to that side of things um because like in the Imola uh I had a crash off the start of the feature race um, where me and Dennis Hauger came together, you know, off the line. The two leaders had wheel spin, you know what I mean? Yuri kind of came over. I went for the gap in between, but Hauger also went for that gap in between from behind me. So we, you know, clipped side by side wheel on and we both, you know, ended out of the race. It was just a shitty racing incident. But bro, the amount of death threats that what? I got from Norwegian fans <laughs> and that, like honestly thousands of requests and messages going like, you know, Like just to the point of like you know you should kill yourself. What are you doing in this sport? Like going so hardcore, and it's like whoa. You know what I mean? From from one incident that was not really either of ours. Yeah. Our our fault. You know, going for the same piece of track off the start, two front. You know, P one and P two kind of squeezed together.
0: It's all happened in one second. You know,
1: it's not like we wanted you know we weren't really even racing each other at that point it's a couple seconds off the line we're just trying to not actually go into the back of the guys in front of us Mm. and uh, that goes in turns into something like that and it's like holy crap you know what i mean and then you kind of i remember i i kind of touched on it you know i was like you know that's that's not not cool and then you have norwegian fans messaging going, oh that's so bad you know i didn't mean that you know it was just and it's like but what do you mean? You know, you don't know what you're actually, you know, doing. They go so hardcore and yeah. so heavy. So, you just need to like try and, you know, in the end of the day, you, you can only control what you can control and it's difficult because, you know, I... Mad issues with that and, and so is everyone and you know people are going to say oh you know you just focus on what you can do and try and block everything but else out but at the end of out. the day no yeah 100 You fucking
0: wake up at night you're like going to check your instagram and then you got a fucking million messages of people telling you that shit
1: no yeah 100 percent. it's still something I, to deal you know with. i say it but it's uh you know i haven't in times and you know and but that's what you know you work towards that's the principle mm. um but it's difficult to try and always you know stay on top of that and but you need to um, and I say that you need to, and I know you know my dad will either listen to this or you know the ones close to me know that you know I haven't in times and uh and that's the that's the reality, but uh you know to work towards being able to to block it out not not let things out of your control worry you because oh, it's hard the, though dude. but in the because in the end of the day you know you're you're just creating um you know self issues that that don't really need to be there because there's nothing that you can do about it. Uh, and once you can get into that place where nothing else bothers you that's outside of your control which you know is almost inevitable but you know you need to focus on trying to be in that place um but uh that that's the key area to to try and be in to you know mentally succeed and then also physically succeed in in what you're doing
0: yeah it's hard man i've i've all the time on youtube this is my little like indulgence is I always watch like the downfall of creators on YouTube or like the downfall of like comedians and Mm. things like that. And it seems like it's just always the people that respond to the criticism like really heavily and that really like they try and protect their self image and they like they they give they have a situation like that happen and then they oh no but this happened and that and then you just like, it's like fuel and the fire for people. It's almost like they just want a reaction. They just exactly, want yeah. you to come back at them so then they can come back at you. And then you just get into this cycle you know, of like, when does it stop?
1: It's weird that you say that because I think Ebony was watching a podcast like the other day of this lady with um with, with interviewing Hayley Bieber. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah. And what's it? Do you know what it is? Like, call call Me day. Daddy or yeah, whatever. yeah. yeah. And um, you know, it was just kind of on in the background. She's there watching it, and um, and I think Haley Bieber was like, you know, she got hate, you know, off one of her Instagram posts, and it's like, oh, go kill yourself, you're you're so fat and ugly. And um, which is not. Yeah, and <laughs> um, and Haley responded and was like, oh, you know, thank you, you know. I said, I don't know if she said thank you, but she said, you know, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. You know, I wish you all the best, blah, blah, blah. That same person comes back and goes, oh, thanks so much for your reply, queen. I didn't mean that. I love you so much. All the best. And it's like, but you just told me to go kill myself and I'm fat and ugly. (laughs) But now that I've responded, you're like, oh, you're a queen, you know, whatever. It's like, they just want a response. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. They just want to be seen. They want to, that's, they will do anything to kind of get that target. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what it is isn't it and yeah.
0: um yeah and i just think that the people it just seems like from you know like watching those because dude i get so many fucking shit comments as well and like there's some i like to come back with witty things like if there's something funny and witty that i can say like that's yeah. how i'll respond like almost like take the piss out like myself or, yeah, exactly. or, like the comment but like at no point am i ever going to try and like justify myself to some random dude i don't know or try and like make them feel better or like stop the. Si- it's all just nonsense you know and, and i think that i guess that's one thing that i've learned from like studying these people is just like you can't respond and you can't just buy into it you just got to like do the best you can it's honestly one thing that watching Danny move the way that he did through the whole McLaren thing like never did you see him respond never did you see him try and come back at all the people that were talking shit on him it just he just kept going he kept going to races he kept doing his thing put out you know one statement saying that he was committed to the team and he wanted to do the right thing and it's just like I think that's the way that you move through those kind of situations you know
1: you can't change the way someone thinks you know maybe you can if you drill it into him but like can you be effed, you know to and when, really... when it's millions of people you, exactly you, know, you, you know what i mean can't... you might change one person's opinion but then that person will then have an issue with you trying to change that person's yeah, opinion yeah. and it will just create more more <laughs> more flair you know uh, so if that's what's making that person happy then fair enough you know if that's how that guy wants to approach his life and and be going against people and, and trying to you know make people's life miserable and and be, you know, harmful in the way they use their words, then then that's, you know, I'm sure that guy won't get far in life, you know, going in that direction, you know, being yeah. that sort of human being, you know, maybe he's doing it right for now, but, you know, there's there will be a time where if that is how that person reacts in, in situations and and speaks of others, it will come to bite them in the back you know sooner rather than later uh so you can you know focus on yourself and what you can do and maybe all right how can i do to get you know what can i do better to fix this situation you know what i mean to ensure that you know i'm always going to get hate i'm always going to get people trying to you know make our lives miserable because it's jealous you know you're doing something you love which the you know the world also a majority of the world loves and wish they were doing that too yeah so they're going to do everything they can to try and make you feel shit about it because they wish they were doing it and not you and yeah. that's the reality uh, so you think right, how can how can you know i do my best to not you know to make people's not perception but like how valley you know was in the sport in, in MotoGP. gp you know obviously those people that there's always going to be people that that you know criticize and have hate but you know to try and get people behind you you know to make them feel involved in what you're doing you know really create a fan base that, yeah, that is pushing yeah. you forward yeah. and not criticizing every move instead of being like oh shit you should sack him being behind you going, oh, you know it's all good let's go forward and I think that's you know that's from how you you treat your fans, how you respond to your support, how yeah. you really sort of uh, create that from the start, and to ensure that you have a solid you know foundation around you, no matter what, no matter what you have there. Yeah, good. You'll bad. have you'll have the Marquez fans, you know, wanting to kill Rossi, and <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. Rossi fans wanting to kill Marquez. That's how it is. But as long as you know, Valet or Mark's got that solid backing of their own people, you know, in essence, that that are there to support you and to support you as a, as a rider or a driver and going forward then that doesn't really matter you know what I mean as but if you don't have that then it's difficult because you don't really have that certain sort of you know, fan that loyal group, base. that loyal base behind you. So you just have, you know, people switching, you know, they're one week you do well they're a, they're a you know, yeah, a, yeah. A Ricardo fan. And then he fucks up and they're like, Oh, he's a dick. You know yeah. what I mean? What's yeah. he doing? And It's bouncing back and forward with depending on who's doing well, how they're feeling on that particular day. But when someone, someone has a f- solid fan group and fan base like Max, um, you know, the people that stand out is, you know, Lewis definitely has it, but Max is a standout, you know, he's yeah. orange army. Yeah. He's created that. Valley um, is another one on two. Dude, that we really- were saying
0: the other night. Oh well, you were there. <laughs> we were like, wait, do these guys know that Valentina doesn't yeah, race anymore? Literally, no, literally, like, still 46, years like that. 46 everywhere.
1: everywhere, man. It's because it it, it lives on, doesn't yeah. it? They don't just as soon as Valley retires, I like, don't yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not a Valley. Fan. That it's, that's
0: what he's created. That's hectic to see. The other thing too that's worth adding is that. You definitely like when it comes to comments and and that whole deal. Like while I try not to buy into it and respond there are comments that come through that are true. Yeah, <laughs> And they're, like, and they're yeah. roasting me and they're fucking on point. <laughs> on point yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I might not respond and I might not, you know, like try yeah. and blame it too much. But trust me, I definitely try and take it on board when someone's <laughs> it's right. It's like, fair play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like, you know, good shout, mate. Yeah, you are shout. correct. I yeah. am a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I did Work, fuck up today. Working Thank on it. Thank you very it, much. Working uh, on uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think as long as you have that, like attitude as well is like when the criticism's warranted and when the comments are right just fucking own it Yeah. I think that's the one thing that people I think that's probably the one thing that people like the best is when you like own the the criticism you You know know? the
1: best thing is like you fuck up right you crash or whatever and people you know in that split sort of one hour from when the race is finished to you finish your debriefs or whatever you know coming at you blah 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 and then you come out with a statement on your story on a post with the words going so sorry to the team really stuffed up today need to take this on the chin you know work towards how we can overcome this and go forward then all of a sudden people are those guys who are saying giving you shit all of a sudden like oh no he's actually a good bloke bro yeah, like yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And, and they've switched up so quickly because like, oh you know he's a yeah, people that he's, like accountability yeah 100 percent, big time yeah you know, love it and have um, you read
0: extreme ownership yet no i haven't you gotta read that really yeah yeah big time That's managing people No, it's just like... It's literally about owning, like, all of your fuck-ups, essentially. And, like, if if you're a... Because the the guy that... You know Jocko Willink? You would have heard of him, right?
1: No, I don't think I have. Really? No.
0: Yeah, you'll like this shit. Really? But, yeah, basically, he was, like, a Navy SEAL commander. Like, SEAL Team 6. One of the fucking Gs of, like, Iraq and the Afghan war and stuff like that. Yeah, he basically just says, like, if someone fucks up on your team, it's your fault. Like, you have to own that whether you whether it's your where they're what whether like it's clearly their fuck up yeah yeah. they made the wrong decision they fucked up they did something they shouldn't have done but it's like okay as the leader you didn't brief him properly you didn't train him properly Mm -hmm. he wasn't aware of the mission properly he didn't feel part of the team enough like whatever it is and it's a pretty uh it's a pretty cool book because him and his partner Leif Babin um they started a company called uh on front after it mm-hmm. and they actually do business coaching and they go into these businesses so like he, he kind of will tell like this war story of something that happened in like romani or you know like a yeah. crazy firefight that they had something that went wrong and then how he was accountable for it as the leader of that yeah. crew and then he puts it into like this business kind of context so it then it'll kind of give that same lesson in just a real world everyday scenario and you're kind of reading through the start of it like, nah, that dude just fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That's I hate his that. fault. I hate yeah. that guy. Yeah. And then he has a way of like working it backwards. Yeah, he cuts it down. Yeah, he? to yeah. say like, this is how you need to be accountable for it. Yeah. And it it's like that book is just gold for anyone that's in that kind of environment. And I think that as for you as a driver, it's like there's this balance that you've got between like, yeah, you work for the team, but then... And that you you have bosses and you have, Mm -hmm. you know, people that are above you in in some sense. But then also, like, you're the leader. Like, when the car's on track and it crosses the finish line, the position that it crosses the finish line in is up to what you did as as a driver, you know? Exactly. So, there is that chance for you to be like a leader in that sense and for you to have that um extreme ownership like owning all the fuck ups owning yeah. everything um and i just think like people really enjoy accountability like when someone can be because that's like the hardest thing to do is to be you know like the man of the hair. and it applies to everyone i reckon like yeah. people listen to this like you're the leader of your house you you know like everywhere that you go in a workplace you can be a leader in a gym you can be a leader like and Mm -hmm. it comes down to that that accountability and people really enjoy when you're able to be accountable for all of your actions
1: yeah no exactly i think like on this sort of mindset you know sort of topic you could say um my teammate Marino through I, a couple of rounds, I think maybe starting in red Bull ring and, and going forward, maybe to Paul Ricard. He had this mindset coach uh, from Australia, um, from is it the, blue, what's the mountains, blue mountains, the blue mountains in Sydney. Um, you know, was surprised that there was this another Aussie and he actually, um, trained up, uh, tells Michael Italiano oh, yeah, um, on some of his coaching. And, uh, he came over and I think um you know when I walked in I didn't know who he was. I went and grabbed my helmet. I was you know had to do my scrutineering blah blah. blah and I came back and I said oh you so know, just sorry. Him. yeah sorry yeah I said you know I off, I said sorry you know sorry I didn't introduce myself you know I'm Jack and he's like oh no worries you know I didn't really have you know expectations are just a uh, um, you know and uh, I can't remember what he said like, expectations is just a you know a lead up for disappointment yeah something yeah, like that you yeah, know what I mean yeah. you know like. I didn't expect you to come and say hi but if I did and you didn't then I would have been disappointed Yeah, yeah, but I didn't so I'm I'm fine you know and it was this sort of he was going into this this way of you know you know not really you know if some bloke walks in that you know and doesn't say hi you know if you don't really you know if you don't have the expectation of of him having to come in and and having the you know there's nothing saying that he has to come in and shake your hand and say hi you know what I mean there's no (laughs) there's no contract there's no there's no reasoning for him to do that so if he doesn't you know, it's nothing else. But if that doesn't affect you, then you're, you're killing it. You know what I mean? that But if he does, that's a bonus. Then all of a sudden, everything you know that kind of happens yeah. is is in a positive way. Instead of your expectations being at you know a high standard level, where the majority probably of people are not at a high standard level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you have more disappointment than than bonus. You know, sort of uh, positives. Yeah. Where then all of a sudden the base standard that you presume becomes a bonus you yeah. know what i mean all of a sudden oh bloke come up and shake my hand you yeah know, all right sweet you know that's that's cool but if you didn't it's just a you know and nothing basically you know i didn't yeah, really I, expect that
0: i think that so much with training like if i if i have a few weeks off training and then i go into the gym and get fucking buried by everyone you have that i used to have this feeling of being like really bummed about it and i because i expected more of myself yeah i think the problem with expectations is when they're not in line with reality no, exactly. so it's like it's fine to expect something if it is in line with reality which would be like you've got a contract with someone that says they that yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like that's the if that's the yeah. reality but it's like the reality of the situation is if you take a couple of weeks off training you are going to get buried by the people that have been training every single day yeah. and if you leave that training session bummed and like Disappointed, that's only because you had some expectations that yeah. weren't in line with reality, bro. Exactly. And I used to that that was me a lot with riding back in the day. I used to get so bummed if I didn't ride good. And it's just like, dude, you ride once every three weeks. Like yeah. you can't ride. Like, yeah. how would you ride? It's good? Like, like if like,
1: you went into that session on the mats and said, you know, maybe normally you could be able to, you know, make this guy tap. You know, I don't know again, I don't know the terminology of jiu but if you could go in and like you said fuck these guys up right normally when you're in training but you've had three weeks off and the expectations you like to go in with is all right i'm gonna go in and, and fuck those guys up but the reality is probably all right if i can go in and last you know three minutes each with yeah. these guys you know roll around not get put into you know two awkward positions make sure i keep moving but you know and you know have a good sort of stint you know that that'll be solid because i've yep. had three weeks off the yep. mats these guys have been rolling around for That's the past your couple expectations, of weeks you know what getting i mean more in line exactly with reality. and then you do that you're like all right solid session, Good session. let's yep. go tomorrow yep. let's yep. try and do that bit more you yep. know what i mean and it's like me at the end of last year after the f3 season i'm coming in for the final two rounds of, of f2 and i've never driven a car higher than a, than a formula 3 car so like my teammate had done my teammate in f3 who was you know doing the last two rounds of f2 with mp as well and racing with them had been dri- driving he did the f2 post-season test at the end of 2020 but also since the end of 2020 had been driving the old gp2 car yeah. all over the 2020 winter and then all through the 2021 year which is the old f2 car you know doing miles and miles and miles and miles and you know, so i was going into that weekend going straight to Jetta, which I was slightly shitting it. Because, Dude, that track is yeah.
0: so whack, bro.
1: Because, you know, I'd never really done a street circuit before, plus my first time in the F2 car. So <laughs> nah, I was like, nah, you know. <laughs> so I needed to have, you know, like if I went in and had expectations of, you know, number one. Yeah, winning, P1. No yeah. way. Kind of top five. Not really either. If I can get into the 10, you know what I mean? Or, I you know, I kind of had the 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 aim of having a reverse grid podium would be amazing which is kind of finishing 10th in race one and starting pole in race two and then managing to stay on the podium kind of thing but that would be for a first expectation of making the ten. you know what i mean that was kind of the goal but inside the, the 15 would be great but the the main goal set by alpine which i wasn't signed for them then but i was signed for them then you know what I mean? But yeah. I wasn't officially, um, was, you know, to finish all six races of the remaining rounds to gain as much experience as possible. And, um, you know, I went in and immediately first practice, like I was eighth. And I was like, whoa, like, this is amazing. I'm like, Fuck, you know, what can I do for quality now? You know, this, this could be really good. Um, and I had good expectations going into quality. But I didn't then gel with the tire jump going from the medium to the super soft for the first time. I didn't gel correctly with the car with mm. I didn't come with the conditions and I qualified like P sixteen. And, you know, I was Did that so mess with un- your head? yeah, big time. Yeah, I was so annoyed. You know yeah. what I mean? I was I'm like dude, I was six tenths off my first ever time in the car around Jeddah in practice. And then I'm, you know, one point one seconds off in quali back in P sixteen. Like, how do I go backwards? You know, in my second time in the car, blah blah blah. Um, and, you know, had to digest it well. Race one, you know, I almost finished p10 finishing p11 you know almost got reverse grid pole um i probably could have gone for a lunge but i wanted to finish the race um you know and make sure i stuck uh, stuck with it and then race two i started p11 and finished p5 you know almost was on on for the podium which was you know an an awesome result and which was you know was quite big at that point you know got uh, got a bit of publicity and was quite strong for you know a rookie just jumping straight in and then i went to abu Dhabi. And free practice, I was P2, and I was like, you know, half a tenth off of Oscar. And um I was like, whoa, like, you know, this is strong. But then I, you know, I was speaking with Fergus, my coach, then I was like, okay, but, you know, do I hope for pole now in this quality? You know, I don't know where my expectations should be. You know, I don't want to go in with expectations of top three if that's, you know, not realistic. But I feel confident with my P2 in practice. You know, everyone mm. was on the same run plan. So I want to go in with that expectation. You know, I, I was—it was a weird feeling. I was trying to really work it out with him where my head should, should be, be at. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, he's like, "No, I—I I think we should target for you know a solid qualifying. You know, we've done everything right for it. Sure to be you're in a good, you're in a good place. The car's in a good place. I think we should, we should be able to aim for for something solid. And um, and then the quali, I think for the second run, um, we're all about to go out, and uh, my steering wheel failed which was in the end the first time you need happened that, for right because and um so i couldn't get into it wouldn't none of the paddles would work so i couldn't get in the first gear um so by the time we worked it out when we got the spare steering wheel put it on as i was exiting the pit lane the guys from the start of the pit lane were just completing the first lap so just coming past me so i was out of sync so in, in quality we need to be in sync with each other on the run plan otherwise We'll be pushing, some will be, and half of the people lap. will be on a slow lap and you'll get traffic, you know what I mean? Because they'll be all parent preparing, you know, at the last two corners. If you've managed to get through the other people in the field, there'll be a big line of cars and, and it'll be stuff up. So we're either like, all right, we have to just go either out push or we have to, you know, out double prep or we have to, you know, we have to work something out. Because so you've got to manage tyres yeah, exactly. and temperatures. And, and I was only like now going to get one lap yeah. in quality instead of having the two push so i had to you know do out i remember you know the engineers are slightly freaking not freaking out but like a little you know flustered flustered, you know and uh i think it was on the i went out um then they were they were pushing that next lap and i did kind of like just this 50 minutes to stay out of people's way on the cool down lap then i did my second warm lap and um and i came over the radio and i was like you know who knows, we might find something in the warm-up here. You know, this could work. You know, trying to stay positive sort yeah, of thing, yeah. which then, you know, reassured the engineers and everyone that, you know, it's all good. We're in control. You know what I mean? It's chill. We haven't caught, sort of flown off the radar. Yeah. You know, because we were in a shit position. We yeah. were fucked. Everyone's put a time on the board now. If there's a red flag or a yellow, lap, car, or uh, a yellow, yellow flag, flag. Yeah. we're done. You know what I mean? Or if, you know, I I, I pinched the front or whatever. And um, we had that one flying lap and we went to pole. Like, you know, from, uh, like, I think we were, you know, P5 off the first round, dropped down to, like, P12 when everyone did their second times. And then we went to pole, which was quite cool because my, you know, second-ever time in the car in a team that hadn't been on the first two rows all really? season. With their... Um, That's sick. You know, they hadn't their They had one, you know, sprint race win, but their best quality was, you know, P4 throughout the whole season. But the majority, they were outside the ten. So we're on pole, you know, my second time ever in the car um, and it was really cool. And then Oscar on his second lap, you know, pit me by, by, I think a 10th, um, you know, but we only had, unfortunately, just that, that one the lap. The one chance to do it. Um, but it was cool because to, to for the, expect, the expectation to yeah. actually, you yeah. know, work and not to go back to P10 because I was so scared after having good practice for, you know, not to come together in in qualifying. Um, and it's happened a couple of times this year, like... Most times I've had a dog practice session, yeah. I've been on pole, <laughs> you know, in quali, or or if not the other, like in in Bahrain, we were running, you know, super heavy on on race field, you know, driving around, and I was, I think, one point six seconds off off P one, right, at a one minute forty five, you know, point eight or whatever, and P one was at a one forty four zero, and um, go to quali, and we polled it by like a tenth and a half at a one minute 40 it's like five and a half seconds quicker than what we were doing in practice um and you know go from p14 in in testing as well we were running heavy so i was always kind of p6 p7 never never was in the top three of a session and then we just come out and and put it on pole and quality which which felt really good you know because i don't think anyone was really expecting it Mm. and i was like boom on pole and then the next six rounds, you know, I was always in the top three. Um, I think Jeddah.
0: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing
1: that's the same for every customer. So don't settle
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every
2: journey.
1: I didn't even get a lap uh, in practice because of red flags. So I didn't get one time lap in. That must and be then... so
0: frustrating. Now. You must just be sitting there being like, you squids, keep yeah. it on the <laughs> fucking
1: road. And then I got disqualified in Jeddah qualifying for the reason that we were at the back of the pit lane. So I hadn't had a lap on the board yet in Jeddah in quali i was going to start from the back i hadn't had a lap on the board yet a lot of people had done that but they couldn't go back out after this last red flag and the last red flag was they say triggered by a sensor in the wall which is i don't know <laughs> um i think yeah you know they thought a car had hit the wall and a red flag had came uh, out yep, yep, yep. but a car didn't hit the red wall it didn't hit the wall and the red flag was for no reason so we were on, a f- on on a limit on fuel. I hadn't set a timed lap and I wasn't going to qualify. So, we went out, we knew, we'll you know, we didn't really know where we were for fuel but we, you know, knew that I'd had four shots at a lap but I hadn't been able to, able to complete because of red flags. Mm. Um, and uh, so we're like, you know, I'm kind of clutch and coasting it, you know, in sixth gear, you know, driving around to so tire warm-up was nothing. Just out straight to push, had no tire warm-up. You know, had no fronts for the whole first sector. It was, you know, terrible. Thing was all over the place. And, you know, we qualified P3 just on, on this one lap. crossed the line, you know, clutch in into neutral, rolled all the way back into the pits. And um, for some reason, we got, uh, we got you know, um, fuel sampled you know random check and uh because of the heat and the humidity there as well when they're you know gathering it out of the fuel cell it was evaporating the, oh, the fuel yeah, as well yeah. so in the end i was like 0.2 under the under the limit of how much fuel you know all the weight was okay but just the fuel there wasn't yeah you know enough for the sample and um yeah we got disqualified so jetta then i starting off the back which um, would have been awesome oh it was phenomenal <laughs> and then as well imola not a lap in practice because the red flags in the wet and then um we're at the back in the hole of Quali, like in the wet like we couldn't get the pressure right I was like 18th 19th 20th three and a half seconds four seconds off the pace finally come and make an adjustment for the final run and, and go p2 like four seconds a lap quicker than what what I'd done before just in tie pressure you know what I mean just by all of a sudden having grip um where you know, then, then it was a little bit more stable. Barcelona, I was P4 in practice, P1 in, in quali. Um, Monaco, I was P6 in practice, then um, on for pole, but, uh, you know, cheeky little red flag by the pole sitter in the last corner, and then he ended on pole, um, but still finished, still ended up P3, which wasn't bad. Um, and then, yeah, and then it was strange. Then it was really weird. We went into a harder compound and we went. Um, into summer, you could say, India. and and um, yeah, we w- we were starting to become really strong in the races on the hard tyre, but our qualifying performance was, was dropping. And um, I think we just weren't aggressive enough in, for, on our qualifying balance. We were trying to look after the tyre too much. Um, Cause you've because you've only got a of,
0: certain amount that you can use throughout the weekend, right?
1: You can, we have our way, luckily we're not like Formula 1 where Formula 1 has to race with what quality car they use oh uh, yeah where yep. we can change from quality to race but we had a really good race car where the first few rounds i was struggling with the race car with tire management because we were so aggressive from quality and then we we're getting better on the race car but losing the quality, aggressiveness on yeah quality. so like we go to to um baku and i'm like you know p3 my first ever time there we were you know super good on the hard tire go to the soft tire for quality p11 like, mm. like eight tenths off and then go to Silverstone i'm rapid in fp like up the road first flying that six tenths quicker was p1 um there's a red flag, going back out go purple, purple i think i ended p2 or whatever due to red flags but we were so fast going to quality i'm like seven tenths off in p7 um after silverstone um i think where were we red bull ring um yeah red bull ring was like p16 in practice i felt terrible um and then the um then i I think after the the first run i think we we clicked there i was like four tenths clear of anyone in pole after the first run second run um i i just didn't get it right i didn't think i didn't hook it up and i ended up like sixth one tenth off so it was super close there but i think i i was a bit too close um i i wasn't 100 you know comfortable but it was another one of those things where the first run was so good and then the second run should have made an adjustment but because it felt so good you know i just kept yeah, it the yeah, same yeah. and it just wasn't quite right you know what i mean i should have made a small adjustment um paul Ricard, i can't remember i think we were like 11th or 12th in practice um then in quali the first run i think i was like six tenths clear of anyone on pole and then the second run uh, i was you know on the outlap uh i felt the turbo There was getting like an issue with the turbo and it was there was like a sensor issue so instead you know when we're picking up the throttle you know then the turbo kicks in and yeah. it's and it's you know build. build building up and but i could hear it just choo, choo, so it wasn't holding yeah and i'm like fuck. you know we got an issue you know trying to to make it work um and you know i ended up like qualifying what's
0: the difference in a lap time when something like that goes down
1: <sighs> like six stents yeah okay like it's a lot because you have no turbo build so it's it and then drops build yeah. drop you got it's like having no no turbo especially in off the corners um so i qualified like p4 like only a tenth off which was super annoying because we were so so fast um and but in the end like no one no one knows that there was a you know yeah. apart from some yeah. people from the outside world like even maybe in you and you and everyone else would no one know that there was a turbo. Yeah, I was issue. just off. you, you know I was, what I, mean? I was like, I'm done with Jack exactly. He's d- <laughs> dead to me. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> shouldn't have a drive. Bro. He's done. <laughs> yeah, he's done. <laughs> um, and again, Hungary, you know, Hungary, P1 in practice, all good, going to quali, and I'm P10, like eight tenths off. Like, what is going on? Luckily, then won the race. Um, but then a, a gearbox failure in the in the feature race on lap one. Um, and then we started to come back. To, to quality performance started to realize so that was a, a drawing point of like you know I'm driving you know this thing really well and we just don't have the performance right now you know we need to work out what's going on because on low fuel on the hard tire I can I can put it on p1 but where we need to be aggressive on the soft it's just not working um and that's when we, we came to spa then after summer break and um yeah I think again we were nowhere in practice but I was happy because yeah. every time we were quick in practice, we would yeah, go yeah, yeah, So, I'm yeah. like, all right, this is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is nice. Um, And uh, then, yeah, I was, I think, ended up like, you know, I think I ended up P4 in quality, which wasn't bad. That, you know, car still wasn't 100%, but um, it wasn't bad for, for how it was. You know what I mean? And in, in the end, you know, I was P2 in the sprint and won the feature. So, it was strong race pace.
0: Which is hard to do because they... That's reverse. with the reverse grid, yeah. yeah. So we start at P7, it just seems like the most annoying thing it's in the world, eh?
1: Super annoying, like it's um, it's super
0: like they could they do it to try and make it fair, yeah. And there's like but literally it's not, just nothing fair but about it's it, it's not fair because it.
1: you poll it because you're the quickest guy, because driver. you're the quickest guy, exactly. And then they put you P10, it's like, oh, P10, and 10.
0: the dude, do- and if you get. 10th and then you so you Start go on, on pole, pole yeah then like that guy's always doing good exactly in that, in that in the race, race like yeah that, that to me just doesn't like it doesn't seem like it works like the no. guy in 10th never gets back to first yeah so, so like that would be the idea of it right like
1: yeah like the p10 the best you can really kind of hope for on a non you know balls open track is six six yeah, yeah p67 like in Bar- barcelona like that yeah. was a solid race you know a couple of points try and get fast lap if not that's all right um, so to get P2 and P1 there was really good. Um, but then, yeah, that's when I just kind of had a, a bit of bad luck going forward in, in the feature races. Um, then I was P1 in practice in Zandvoort Again, shitting it, going into Quali, going, fuck, 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 Probably you know what suck, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but then more we'll rapid wrap it in Quali. Um, I think we finished P2 and ended up like two tenths behind the guy who pulled it, which I had no clue. You know, we just had to accept it because I was three tenths clear of P3. And the whole session, then all of a sudden, the, at the end, he just pulled out this lap that was... So, that was with MP, the guy, Felipe, who won the championship, their home race. They just did something really right on the last run, which I don't know how. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you have to put your hand up in times like that. But, we'll P2, so I was, you know, decently happy. Zandvoort, you can't pass for anything. So, me and him, literally, the whole sprint race were pushing and then a cool-down lap. Pushing, cool-down lap. The cool-down lap, I mean, you know, second off. Yeah. Just trying to go for fastest lap. Because yeah, we'll P we'll nine yeah. and ten, not in the points. You can't you can't pass as airport. So we weren't gonna get in the points. So we were battling for fastest lap for yeah, the whole right. race. And so uh, you've got to let your tires cool down exactly, for, a, for yeah. a
0: lap. And then how much like how long does it take for your tires to cool down on a lap?
1: Usually in quali, you need to take a cool down lap. Like at the end of the lap, your rears are already going off. So really? You, yeah, yeah, your rears are already uh, already on the limit. Um in the race, you're not you know, you're, t- you're managing so much. So, your throttle application, you know, for a second to third, I only get the full throttle midway through third gear. So, you're race. like really babying yeah, so it they, to get to full throttle. Yeah. So, I'm getting the full throttle midway through third gear where I'm fucking smacking it on in second and, you know, abusing the tyre and quality, you know, complete flat. <laughs> like it. just absolutely, you know, you give it 100% full beans, but quality in the race, it's short shifting you know, super, super aggressive braking, you know, just before braking, but leading off the throttle, yeah, transitioning yeah. the weight forward gently. And then your initial so if, brake- you're,
0: if you're like hard on the, thr- uh, hard on the brake and then hard off it, it's immediately going to like well, push just, the car. Into yeah. The- you're,
1: you're, you're, you're changing the pitch super aggressively, you know, yeah. you're then pitching the rear up the end, which can then it's cause like a th- bit of rear locking, yeah. sliding it. Uh, it's just not nice, you know, for, for anything, especially when you're in such a heavy car at that point of the race. Um, yeah, getting... Then I got taken out in the feature race in Zandvoort on a safety car restart, on in P2, which was annoying. Good. Yeah, which is great. Um, then uh, Monza. can't even remember what I how I was in practice in Monza. Um, was there practice in Monza? I didn't even know. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure. Well, I, I can't I believe think, you remember all the stuff yeah, that you do. I can't. I think it was... Um, yeah, I don't even, I don't even remember where I was, I don't think I was bad, I oh, know, I actually were like P8, P9, um, and I was a little worried going into quality, because I remember that, um, that I was in a really good toe. you know what I mean, but I was like half a second off in the first sector, so I'm like, crap, like, I don't have WAFT, or oh, WAFT being engine, you know what I mean, I'm like, I, you know, what well, I'm gonna have to do something here, because I don't, clearly, we, you know, I'm struggling a little bit here, um, uh but you know in the end i think um you know we were running quite heavy the others weren't running really heavy um and uh you know i put it on pole with it with a good lap not really much in the toe um and it and it came together um which was after after a messy session so i was quite quite stoked with um sprint race everyone was racing literally to kill basically so i think i finished like p6 or whatever um which was safe you know i could have gone forward but at the risk of literally being taken out so yeah. it was okay um and then feature race looking for a good you know 18 points if i finish p2 you know but i think we had the pace to win and then my steering wheel fails on the formation lap um so i had to really basically bump start it to get off the line so i lost you know 10 positions off the line and then um Nothing. Anyway, I was probably I would probably have stalled in the pit stop because I had no clutch paddles. I had no nothing. Oh, so I would yeah. have I would have been out in the pit stop. And we in Formula Two, because of issues that they had with the clutch back in the day, they dedicated a specific throttle mapping that you have to use for the start, yeah. which is basically like at ten percent, twenty percent, ten percent, or ten say twenty percent throttle. Like that's like seventy percent engine. Yeah, right. So to make it so you don't stall, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then if you put on like 1% of pedal, that's like 10% of engine. Yeah. So it's actually so easy to go into wheel spin yeah, and to total. stuff it yeah. up, you yeah. know what I mean? Because that little adjustment is so much on the engine. Um, so I'm stuck then even for that whole race in the throttle mapping where, you know, we use first gear in <laughs> the nilly. first chicane. So I would have just been chewing the rear tires as well, trying to, to manage it. So it was going to be, uh, you know, difficult anyway um and then yeah then I get taken out into into the second chicane anyway but you know this guy late moving on you know because he was going to get passed around the outside and completely right hands down you know into the side of the car and the race was over anyway so it's um yeah I haven't had my fair share for luck uh but like like I saw a little diagram this morning of a a marble ball right there's two marble balls side by side there's one with a straight line and there's one, you know, was it's up and up and down in the end, the one that was up and down got to the end place faster than the one with the straight line. So I'm hoping I'm, I'm on You're that. That, guy. I'm that guy. I'm on the up and down and, and we're going to get there.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that that's like, uh, what was I listened to yesterday? Oh, it was actually T-Pain of all people. I was watching uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, YouTube time yesterday. Right. Uh, T-Pain was on Steve-O's podcast and it was talking about, um, he's like, oh, well, I blew up. I got rich. I got famous. And he's like, it was so long. i just like pedaling up the hill, pedaling up the hill, mm-hmm. pedaling up the hill. And he's like, I made it. I was a millionaire. I was like top of the charts. And he's like, I thought I could stop pedaling. I thought mm-hmm. that once you got to the top of the hill, you just coasted. And he's like, so I just coasted down the hill. And he's like, I didn't realize and I wasn't prepared for another fucking hill. And then yeah. he's like, there was always another hill. So I just think that's just how yeah. how that shit goes, man. Especially in that in a you know sport like what you're in that just has so many crazy variables. yeah
1: there's just so many variables you know so much um, unpredictability and you know it has to all come together for you you know what I yeah. mean for it to all work like I've you could say the last you know the last unfortunately it's all been feature races the last four feature races I haven't finished the only one I finished I won and in Hungary out had a gearbox failure in Amsterdam I got taken out while in P2 off on a safety car restart which would have been a minimum 18 points um say I got 10 at worst in Hungary which is fifth you know that's already you're already talking 28 points and I'm starting I'm on pole in Monza my steering wheel shits itself and yeah. I get taken out I'd say you know even at worst 18 there you're talking you know 28 plus 18 is 46 points right there and I'm Ten, eight points away from p3 and 30 points away from p2 yeah that's 46 points just in the last three races yeah. so i would be comfortably 16 points in p2 in the championship going into the final round but right now i'm equal fourth with three dudes yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> in the shittest spot possible <laughs> just from from this you know what i mean yeah. and, and it's um yeah it's it's tough you know what i mean to try and um you know hope for for a bit of you know you're like hoping for a bit of luck hoping for, for things to change um but yeah it's it's tough times for sure and um, that's where you gotta you know like we we're saying before focus on what's in your control and yeah and uh, prioritize you know me making sure you know i'm in in the headspace you know connecting with the car well and and you know the last three rounds four rounds we've been 100 percent the fastest car on track yeah uh, but you know just with 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 bad luck with motorsport you end with nothing you know yeah. the, uh, the one round that we had luck we we took almost maximum points and yeah. then the others uh, just bad you know i don't want to say bad luck but luck wasn't on yeah, our side shit, you know, th- shit happened yeah. and uh, we were you know things didn't go our way um from you know out uh, stuff out of our control and uh, you need to just keep pushing forward um but you know it is tough especially in times like we are now where you know everything is you know especially in Formula two where it's the peak you know what i mean this is the last step before formula one yeah and you can't afford for this stuff to happen um so it is tough knowing that you know and everything's watching at the end of the year um people look at stats statistics you know what i mean yeah and no one remembers, oh, he, this gearbox failure, got taken out here, steering wheel failed. It just says DNF, yeah. didn't finish. Yeah. Crash. Yeah. No one really knows why, no one cares. They just, oh, he won the championship. Yeah. He's the fastest bloke there. And that's, unfortunately, that's the reality, you know what I mean? So it, it's difficult to to try and work towards that but there's you know in the end there's nothing you can do and try to just make all the on-track moments when things go when things are connected really make it happen you know and then put it together
0: yeah it's funny you know you're talking about like the expectations and that that side of things before it's almost like those expectations that you there's almost no point having expectations because to have an expectation almost seems like to have a story in your head of how you want the thing to go yeah right like that's that's what an expectation would be but it's like there's just an infinite amount of variables that could impact that story and the narrative that's in your head for better or for worse exactly so it almost just seems like a complete waste of time to do it (laughs) and there's so many times like this is a silly analogy but how many times are you just driving a street car right and you'll hit the brakes and react to something that happens before you even think about it. And so like the other day I was driving into work and this guy just legit, it's wet, just pulls out as I'm pretty much at the intersection. I go full fucking lock. Like the car starts breaking for itself. The like, ABS. Yeah, ABS yeah. kicks in, locked up, a quick mirror check to the right. No one's there. <whistles> fucking dodge this dude. Old guy, just can't drive. And in that moment, like, at no point did I plan on that. Did I think about checking my mirror? Like, yeah. no, there's no thoughts going through your head. If you
1: did, you would have crashed.
0: Yeah. So, it's almost like you, when you're driving the car, like, all of the things that you're doing, they're just on auto. Like yeah, yeah. You know, and so, it's like that story that you're telling yourself of how something might go and how you want it to go and, you know, those expectations. It kind of, in the moment nothing's gonna happen that way anyway Mm. because like you're gonna do all of the things i guess without thinking about it but then there's almost like a bit of a flip side of it to where you look at a guy like max or lewis or those guys at the top and there's got to be a huge percentage of them that is like running on ego and is like is like running on the story that they're telling themselves to where it's like i'm the fucking man no one's beating me today. I'm, you know, like yeah. pumping themselves up. No, for sure. And then it almost seems, some of those guys, it seems like they have a way of it like going the, exactly the way that they think it's going to happen. So I always, I wondered that when it comes to, to sport is it's like, are you better off having that, that voice in your head and that ego and like setting those, you know, th- wheels into motion for yourself? But maybe it's a case of like, you can use that to a point. And then as as soon as it's not working for you, then you just got to go blank and just let everything happen and just go off reactions.
1: It's almost like reading the room. You know what I mean? (laughs) Knowing your place. You know, if you're in a position to come in and have the demeanor and attitude and sort of way about you to come in, it's like, all right, when I enter this track, all these other blokes are going to know that they're racing for for second. And that's just how it is. You know, I'm coming in here and I'm I'm winning. You know what I mean? And that's, I'm, you know, I'm the top dog here. I'm Max Verstappen, you know what I mean? I've got, you know, the right package at the moment. I'm better than all you blokes. You know, start thinking about who you're going to be battling for second because that's just how it is. You (laughs) know what I mean? But a few years ago, it couldn't be the way. You know what I mean? You have to read, almost reading the season or reading, reading the area, you know what I mean? Because you can't, there's always not always um but you know especially when you're max but if you're coming through you know what i mean like coming through the ranks there's always going to be a bigger top dog you know someone at you know at that step that's a little bit more depending on where you're coming through so you need to 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 understand where you are you know (laughs) what being be in your place you know not you know obviously you can play a little bit through that not being too much because you don't know how that's perceived yeah. and, and you're judged on everything, especially yeah. in, in that spotlight. You know, every little thing you do is judged to the point of, of you know, extreme definition. Yeah. So, you need to make sure where you are is in the right place. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like... All right, you know he's cocky and he's being you know he's has a huge ego but he's world champion and he's taking the piss so it's okay yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, he yeah. gets away with it but if he was like that and you know and say Latifi. in the mid yeah yeah, or <laughs> yeah. even just in the midfield yeah. you know what i mean then it's like bro like you know that's not where you are yeah. right now you yeah know? um but then you have like i think sebastian you know like vettel and when he was in his prime he was still that that humble guy yeah and nice and um didn't really have that you know he didn't have to do that they knew you know what i mean they were and um i'm i'm sure max will probably you know kind of position or, or go into that sort of way but um you know he was a nice guy that didn't wasn't showy or not so super ego yeah um but just because of his raw talent yeah. and driving ability. And I ability, think just competitiveness yeah. too. Yeah, and exactly. I, that's
0: like the, that's the one thing with with you that like people probably, well, pe- I don't think people could see how competitive you are unless you're like really around <laughs> you. Like it's actually like disgusting. you play UNO. It's, dis- <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> how competitive you are. And it's like, I, I just think that that's probably one of like the really defining things factors with like legitimate champions. And I think that with that's one thing with you that you just don't have to worry about is like this this crazy hard work and work ethic that you've got. And then that's backed up or that's probably fueled by the just insane competitiveness to just that's like I said be good at wakeboarding and be good at, you know, skydiving and you know, like you want to learn the right tech there's just a competitiveness. That's in you. And that I'd say that it'd be in your dad. Well, it definitely is in your dad. No. Like even the way he is with business and the way he is with literally everything he does in life is just like fucking hectic, you know? Yeah. Like he just wants shit done right his way, like done. And I think that that's probably, you know, you sort of don't need to have that. Maybe people's ego just comes off the back of competitiveness. Like any of the ego that, that uh, Max would have or any of the ego that Vettel would have had is just straight as a result of the want that they yeah, have to win and just sure. not letting things get in. Like, not letting being polite to this person at this one particular, you know, yeah. like, and it might Distract get taken as from their arrogance, their but goal. it's like, bro, I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. I, just, I want to win this race yeah, this weekend. That's exactly.
1: it. Um, no, for sure. And getting back to like, you know, you're talking about the skydiving and the wakeboarding or whatever. Um, you know, I spent a bit of time with, with Mick throughout this year. Um, and, you know, we go surfing at the Wave Pool, Mick Schumacher. Um, we go surfing the Wave Pool in, in Switzerland. Like, it's like an hour and a half from his place. And, you know, he brings his camera or the tripod and, and sets it up, you know. Depending. So he can he's, see. You know, that. he's on left and I'm on right. And sometimes, yeah, I'll go over and surf on the left with him. And then he'll come over on the right. Um, and, you know, we'll have a full day's footage and then go back and, you know, analyze all the footage. But then also, you know... He's on YouTube as well, like watching, you know, so how to, so surf, mo- how to yeah, you know, yeah. you know, properly, you know what I mean? Because he's got a decent, you know, foundation, um, but you know he wants to to surf properly, you know, and 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 so do I, you know. I've obviously been surfing for a while from a from a young age here, but he's like, you know, came into it later at a later age, you know, living in in Switzerland. There's not much waves. There was no wave pool, so it's since his, you know, came to Australia and really. You know he's really in, into surfing i'd say outside you know motorsport you know he's got like 11 boards you know he's <laughs> after Abu w he's coming here and staying for, oh, for a bit um and then we come for new years as well um and you know he just wants to surf and he, he's so stoked on it so but you know he's putting effort into to surfing you know what i mean and, and finding out how to surf correctly and not be a kook you yeah, know what i mean and, yeah. and do it properly and really analyzing everything and the way to do things and and it's the same for, for, you know, for any, you know, high performance athlete who, who wants to do well and who wants to win. they put 100% into, into things they want to succeed in, you know, and even if it's just for a bit of fun, yeah. but you want to do it properly, you know, like. That's I want where to be the fun able- is. Exactly. Like, you know, I don't want to just go and do something, you know, and, and, and do it and, you know, have a bit of fun, do the basics. You know, I want to be able to go and do it properly, you know, like if, you know, when we go to OW at the end of the year and. You know, we have a couple of days off and go to the indoor skydiving. You know, I want to be able to go and do I'll that. I'll come properly. do that with you. Yeah, it'd be sick. It's sick at the mall there, and they've got a huge one. Really? Yeah, yeah, they've got a huge one there. So like, and I want to go and do that properly, not be in the first, you know, the first times class. and working out. I want to be able to maneuver my body well, not be you know stuck with the instructor in there and and do it properly. You know what I mean? And it's weird, but it's just how yeah. <laughs> it's how yeah. I, I just I don't want to be just do it on, on the basic. You know what I mean? I want to enjoy it properly. Yeah, yeah. I want to put time into this. I want to understand it. I want to, I hate feeling, um, I hate feeling foreign to, yeah. to it. You know what I mean? I want to be involved in, in, in everything.
0: So, uh, you've been in an F1 car since the last time you were in here. Yes. Tell me about it.
1: <sighs> it's, um, sick. Yeah. No, it's, it's sick. The first F1 car I drove, um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So. Why are you
0: struggling?
1: No, I know. I was just don't, um, in, in order of what, um, I didn't know what in, in orders of what I could say uh, And some other things. Um, Can you you talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, and the, I did my first test in the A521, which was before Barcelona, before I came to all you guys, which was in guitar, which was nuts. Um,
0: and it was sick because how I, nervous were you when you were sit, well, like were you when you're sitting in it and then let, about like, to go out about to go out and it's like i was just revving its dick out in I, idle I was, just sitting um, in there.
1: yeah like there was nerves you know of like driving it of course but then i think like the nerves were overcame by like trying to like take that away and be like holy shit like this has been my dream since i could have ever imagined to drive a formula one car like holy holy shit you know what i mean i'm about to drive a formula one car right now go out and and i think that just the feeling of of doing that kind of overcame the nerves for for that bit you know what i mean and um it was super cool because we were in guitar and it was so hot we were starting at like 2 p.m and finishing at like 10 so we we're getting this sick afternoon into sunset into night driving you know what i mean which was unbelievable um and yeah you know the car's just on another level you know coming from formula 2 to formula 1 um with how good the brakes are and and the aero you know i don't have to brake anywhere near as hard as i have to do in formula 2 so i have to adapt to that otherwise we're just over slowing the car um and the the aero is just uh, unbelievable. You know how much you have access to that you do not know. You know what I mean? And you know, in essence, it's like any any junior single seater with um with slicks and wings. Um, and but it gets higher and higher as you go up. The faster you go, the more aero you have. You know, the more wind you have pushing down on your on your wings and and your and your um and your components. So that, that's more just more suction. more grip, Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, there's a there's a point where, yeah. <laughs> where there, there's a limit to that point um, but, you know, you need to keep finding it, you know, need to know where that, that limit is on how much grip you have available and when you haven't done anything else like that before, you know, it's difficult to know how much there is to give before that limit and not going over that. Um, so, that was really cool to understand how much you can use you know how much grip you actually have and it's unbel- compared to anything i've ever drove it's just on another level you know it's it's the trust that the cut that you can have in the car to just hook in is is just like literally on rails um and then yeah the the g's is quite something you know your neck under braking so it's the braking first. that's yeah the word. braking um and uh Laterally, for me, I, I was fine. Um, definitely, in guitar, the last section, guitar is quite high speed. The last section, there's this triple right. Um, and, you know, it's just a flat, oh, small lift, flat, and then another flat right. <laughs> and it's just like, huh, huh, like huh. and then you the last left, you're like, oh, it's just that small little bit every time. Um, but for me, when I first made my seat, I didn't make it so my hands device was touching the headrest. There was a, a small gap and acceleration in any car has never been a thing for me. You know, if I was to hop in a road car, you know, with someone, you know, high performance road car and put the throttle down full, you know, I could keep my head back, but everyone else would be like, holy shit, you know, put the, the head would go back and be like, whoa, bro, like, this is, like yeah. I'd never had an acceleration issue with anything, right? But midway through that day and to the end, I was just looking at the shift lights I couldn't and the shift beep. I could not see the dash for shit. My head was back. Oh, really? <laughs> And I come to I, I went to Barcelona and I spoke to Fanny and I'm like, dude, I could not keep my my head down. He's like, You didn't put the your, your hands device on the headrest? I'm like, No. He's like, mate, you gotta do that. So I made another seat. I'm like, put this bitch back on the headrest. And it was so much better. Oh. Just that's like good. cause it's not you know, pushing back, you're just there, and it's it's not really fatigued, because um, it's not really an area that is crucial. You know what I mean? Because usually you're in that position anyway, so it's it's never a, a vulnerable area. Um, and uh, breaking uh, is just like my neck was strong, but honestly, it was just so abnormal that like my like body. Inside, it wanted to like come out. So, like, it was just like, my chest so and everything, narrowly. like, just coming forward. So, like, my, it wasn't a, a jolt down in my head, but it was just like, if you think about like your shoulders just going back, you know what I mean? Everything just wanted to come forward. So, it was, it was, it was strange. And then I drove the car in, in Monza uh, before Silverstone, where braking you know, is massive. You know, you're coming from like 350 down the main straight and you're braking in the F2 car. I'm braking at the 150 there and it's like on the limit, you know, rears are locking, you feel it in the air and it's like difficult. And in the F1 car, I'm braking at the 90. You know, 60 meters later. That's insane. Coming at 350 dude. and it just stops, bro. <laughs> and every, the whole body's like, vroom, just wanting to come forward. So your belts need to be like rocket tight. Um, you know, to get my, my just normal belt that goes over my waist, you know, He's, I literally have to suck in to get that one to shut, so it's it's that tight. You know what I mean? It's pushing down to clip in. Otherwise, you know, it's not in my, you know, my the the crown the crown jewels need to be in their correct place. Really, got to get them tucked, bro, in. to in order to have those crotch straps there, because you do not want a pinch nut, I tell you, <laughs> it is not. I've had I've had it a couple of times. I've had to box like you really? have to box 100%. Luckily, never in a you know I've had it a couple of times. You know, pre race where before going to you know the pit lane you know i get in the pit lane okay keep readjust my belts and then i get a formation up i'm like no that's no, still key please and luckily i it's always 100 percent before going to a race but sometimes in testing and that i'm like i need to box like <laughs> this is because you're coming oh on the braking <laughs> and it's like oh my god i have to unbuckle like mid lap and then come into the box because it's it's that bad so need to make sure everything's <laughs> nice and tidy and in its correct position because the belts you need them to be like unbelievably tight you know your mech putting all their weight into getting these things as tight as possible
0: that's insane dude eh? it's yeah but it was fun
1: yeah so much fun it was really good um and then uh yeah i got out uh in the car um at the end uh um a couple weeks ago um which was really cool because i really got to actually push it you know what i mean yeah
0: so you're saying that was the first time you got to like actually send it. you
1: know because i i didn't really have to the other times I was, you know, taking the learning process, really going to all fundamentals, making sure I was completely under control, you know, learning everything within a limit. Um, and then there I got to actually, you know, first time, I, not first time, but like I really had, you know, over the lap, the thing was moving like no tomorrow instead of it just being hooked up. You yeah, know I mean? just safe and yeah. smooth. and It was all over the place, which was, it was nice to have, have that feeling.
0: Dude, I just can't imagine the, like, the feeling of just sitting in that much money. <laughs> 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 you know, like so much time, so much money. It's just not like you can go to super cheap and yeah. Get no, any no, of I've, the parts. Uh,
1: to be honest, I've never thought about that. I'm like, oh, I'm actually sitting in this thing. It's, a, it's quite a bit expensive.
0: Yeah, it's just like let's just go throw this thing down the road. Let's do 350 in this bat Let's do
1: 350 and turn this thing in flat and see if it sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: was the team like pumped in the feedback and all? Like, what, what was the process of, I guess, like working with like the F1 staff? You know, because you've got. A different level of engineers, a different level of experience, a different level of feedback. Yeah,
1: everything's, um, palato. You know what I mean? Everything's calm, um, mellow, very, uh... Like clinical. Just clinical, yeah. Nothing's too, you know, smiles here and there, but everything's under the same voice manner all the time. Um, Was that weird? Yeah, I think as well, you know, I'm... I don't really have, uh, you know, now... I'm spending more and more time with them. So, I'm creating a bit more of a relationship. But especially at that point in time, it was very new. Yeah. And, um, you know, they have a process. They have a way to run through things. They have so much going on. You know, th- there was really no emotion outside mm. of it. You know, it was the test. You know, I had emotion. You know, dad, you know, everyone, I was smiling. I couldn't stop smiling, of course. But, um, you know, they were running a Formula One car. And it's it's a program. You know what I mean? It's not like going out and and having a run in something and you know it's all good fun and games it's not it's, a rental car no it's it's serious stuff <laughs> yeah. you know. so everyone's very clinical very serious very mellow um and uh, you know especially the engineer uh, for the test team dom he's super plateau um and super always in the exact same voice at all times <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> which is cool you yeah. know what i mean and um is just always, whether it's in briefings over the radio, speed and you over the phone, you know, it's always the exact same. And for an engineer, that's, that's it's cool. It's like kind of the guy you need yeah, exactly. as an engineer, right? Um, and then, you know, you, you run through all your other different departments that you have there um, that that go through their briefing as well. And everyone's so focused on on what they're doing as well because 100 things are always, you know, staying on top of things and, and doing maintenance. So then they just chip in quickly for the part of the briefing. And, um, you know, they're work-focused as well. So, they're coming in, they go through their little debrief and go back to doing what they're doing. So, it's all very, um, very, you know, in like procedure, structured structure. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it.
0: Because you got to think that, you know, you think that there's pressure on you. Like, dude, imagine being the guy that's, like, fueling the thing, putting the tires on mm. it. Like, there would be so much pressure at every single contact point of that car. Like, even... Um, who oh, was on the weekend that had the his fuel oh, gasly God. gasly's fucking thing just exploded yeah. <laughs> like just in the pits mm. and it's like that's so routine yeah there's so many you know like you how many times you put in fuel in a car on mm. on a weekend or over a season so it's just like they're just running on such a a razor's edge with like all of the machinery and even the way that like i think about the the coding that people would be doing like uh for steering wheels and for oh, mapping honestly it's the, just, the
1: mappings the the, the it's dash so the, gnarly the gears the coding is is unbelievable you know the job that the performance engineer is doing is is unbelievable it's like a um, spaceship yeah honestly so you know that's that's one of the areas that you can go into that you also go into when you speak about space and you speak about you know the infinity of yeah. the amount of you know there's there's for every grain of sand there is on earth 10 there's 10 times the amount of stars in in the universe (laughs) that's where you kind of go into that sort of area like all right that's that's for you mate you know (laughs) you know you discuss it but like if you try and go too deep into that you know you have to be doing that that's your bread and butter you know when and uh, then they can do that like the performance engineer that was on the test team has now gone, and he's in you know the America's Cup for the Ineos sailing team. Really, he's, you know, doing data and programming and engineering there. Um, so I guess one they once they have that sort of, you know, that's something that they take with them for life. You know, that understanding of yeah. data and programming and mapping and sort of, you know, not computer smarts, but to that sort of level. Yeah. You know, that can be obviously put into all different. Like a good, forms could literally of, go work at SpaceX or yeah, something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's just then they're just running a different ship you know running a car yeah sailing boat yeah a a spaceship yeah uh, you know (laughs) you know that it's it's pretty nuts um you have to be really switched on
0: yeah where's the like the limit for you with that you reckon because so like when we were talking of talking to ferg at barcelona he was saying that basically like of all the people he's ever worked with in Alpine Academy, your work ethic just shits on all those kids. Who? So, what, Fergus? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should have named his name. Yeah. <laughs> but basically he just said like, that your work ethic is out of control compared to a lot of the other kids that he's seen come through that program. So it's like, at what point, like is there a cutoff point where you're, you're so all in and you're so focused on your career and wanting to get better and wanting to get into F1. Like, every F2 race that you do is about getting into F1, mm. you know? Like, I think it was actually... It was one of the things that made me feel super, like, stoked and proud of you at Barcelona. That was your first podium in F2. Yeah. And you were just, like, off it that you didn't <laughs> win. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's so many... There's a balance that you've got to find between stopping and smelling the roses and also not giving a fuck about anything else, but like your ultimate goal, which is F1. And I think that that kind of, the way that you just sort of almost scrubbed off that podium and was just sort of didn't seem like it mattered that much in a sense because it wasn't F1. Like I actually think that's super dope. And I think that that's like really necessary, but it's like, is there a cutoff point where you're like, all right, I'm not going to go this far into the data. I'm not going to go because like maybe you could go too far. You can go too far, you
1: know, know, in the end, um, you know, you create your own data in mm. the end with your foot, with your two feet and your hands, you know, you can try and recreate or replicate that sort of line. But if you, if, you know, before a quality, before FP, you know, going to a circuit that I haven't been to before, I'm like, oh, can you just pull up Joe's data going in Joe from, that was with Virtuosi, it just sees FP data to see, you know, and then I'm like, oh, can you overlay that with Quali? And then, so I can see, you know, the offset of where I should kind of be, where the minimum speeds, you know, what gears, I'm like, all right, cheers before the race. So I can overlay some quality data with, with the race data from last year to see what they're doing differently. You know what I mean? But I don't try and, you know, I speak with the engineers and I'll go into, into depth when it needs to be going, when it needs to go into depth, but when it doesn't, not you know what I mean? Not just for the sake of it, for trying mm. to overcomplicate things. Because things are things can be super simple. It's when you overcomplicate things that it, that it becomes an issue. You know what I mean? And when you try, that's when you go into areas that don't need to be you know gone into. And you start to there's all you open up channels that that don't need to be opened. All information starts to get you know too much. You know, yeah, and you yeah. you get drawn away from actually just where you need to be. Um. So I you know we always just try and keep it. Super simple, you know what I mean. Not like you could. Maybe there's some engineers that like you know, the, you know. Um, just after braking, you know, as I'm releasing the brake, I felt the front just slightly start to the slip. Um, at that point, then when you know I came down to thirty bar, then as I started to crank the lock on I felt a little bit too much over rotation the front um you know the balance was a little bit too much on the nose I felt the rear start to go as I corrected that though then I went into under rotation as I went into the mid corner I lost the rotation so when I started to pick up on throttle application the rear snapped because of under rotation (laughs) then the traction was gone so I had to you know bleed the throttle a lot more lost the exit blah, blah blah and it's like which turns this you know, like what the <laughs> hell you know what i mean and that's so, him saying that to you or you know that's that to him? you know me saying that to him and that's yeah. just overcomplicating it yeah. like crazy yeah. you yeah. know what i mean that's turn one or, or you or even if the, you know then there's a simpler version of that that's still too complicated you know turn one slightly a little bit on the entry mid then you know snaps in the exit and you know tractions the before turn two. you know it needs to be you know slow speed under rotation on brake release and then struggle with traction on the rear you know, medium speed, um, just understeer slightly on throttle application, high speed, pretty mint. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because in quali, you have five minutes but from when you box to go back out. Yeah. You can't make, you don't, you don't you have that time. can't make crazy changes. You know changes. what I mean? It needs to be, you know, either come in and go like, you know, uh, I need, you know, I usually you know, I come in and it's like, uh, I need to, you know, soften the rear. I need half hole the front wing a little bit more. I'm just struggling a little bit in the high speed. Can we stiffen the rear a little bit up, you know, slow speed and just under rotating? Just small little things. You need to have that understanding. Otherwise, then you're like, oh, this is the balance. Engineer goes, okay, what can we do? But, you know, when you have that understanding of the car, you know what it's doing. You know where you're struggling. You can come in. All right, you know, I'm struggling with this. Let's go this or struggling with this. What do you want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, they, yeah. and they can go, all right, we can either soften the rear or we can um, we can either stiffen the rear or soften the front. What do you want? Cool, let's stiffen the rear, or they will just you know, stiffen the rear. Mm. So, um, it's it can be over complicated so much, yeah. And then I'm it sure that to be.
0: there's probably there's you would probably get an engineer that would like love it, to. yeah, exactly. And that he'd want to just keep feeding you and feeding you. I had that, you
1: know? you know, and then in my early days on the on the Red Bull Simmons, and, and then I came, you know, other places, and they were like, What the fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Really>? Like, yeah, <laughs> like this does not need the you know. You, you know, from one point where I, w- I started super simple, you know what I mean? And this then engineer at the Red Bull Sim thought my feedback was, was shit. And then you go with all this technical feedback to another engineer and they're like, oh, you know, your feedback. That you're overcomplicating, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well... He said this. He said this, yeah, this, yeah, and that. Yeah, and yeah. now it's just like, all right, simple. Yeah, You know what I mean? And that's the way to go.
0: Yeah. What else is going on for the rest of the year, mate? Mate... So how um, are you home for?
1: I'm home till the 17th of October and then uh, so a couple 10 more days or 11 more days yeah what's days? The day? yeah yeah 11, 11 more, more days. days um fly straight to texas Texas. texas. oh texas. yeah so i have um i'll be some cool stuff going on um can you talk about it i i ha- will i'll be uh, doing um you know going to all four of those grand prix in support with with alpine yep. um and some hopefully there'll be some more stuff to share soon um but um hopefully some cool stuff will be happening but i'll be going to texas then to mexico um back to to nice or back to monaco for for a few days then flying to sao paulo um for the Brazilian grand prix i heard and that's sketchy
0: eh yeah have you been to there? To no i haven't been to yeah re- yeah so
1: brazil and mexico yeah you know i was speaking to, to michael italiani yeah telling, you know danny's got it they've got a full-time bodyguard there yeah. with them in mexico yeah. and sao paulo so yeah they were be... talking
0: about that the other day i had no idea how gnarly it was yeah.
1: dude so you're gonna be staying chill and sharp there you know what i mean um being smart as well just in the hotel yeah. in the
0: car at the track in the hotel
1: exactly um yeah then we on the monday we fly straight to abu dhabi yeah then have the abu dhabi race weekend um then the monday off then the, the tuesday there's um hopefully young driver f1 testing yeah. um and then
0: so what wait what day is that
1: on the tuesday after abu, Will abu dhabi I be able to come to that yeah Fuck yeah! And I'll, then, I'll come to that for sure. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is F two postseason testing. Sit. Um, that they have there, and then so um, you'll do all those. Yeah, depending on what what's going on. Yeah. At the moment, most most probably, um, there's you know quite a bit going on obviously at the moment. So it's been a crazy
0: off season, man. Crazy off. Oh, not even off season. No, crazy, crazy, crazy season. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then, um, yeah, I'll take the Saturday, Sunday in Abu Dhabi after the, the testing to maybe go into the dunes, you know, have a bit of fun, see what's going on. And then on the Monday... Let's November, try to line some cool shit up. Yeah,
0: yeah. 100%. I've like I've started talking to some dudes over there, trying to yeah. like get, get some shit going. Oh, I sick. Could, yeah, we could definitely... No, 100%, out. yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and then the, I think I'm going to... I think on the Saturday or the Sunday or one time, then I'm going to go um riding in the dunes. On what? Bi- dirt, bi- no, those, dirt bikes, dude, yeah. sick. Yeah, Who are you which gonna go be, with? my Sergi and yep. um and George Russell's uh, performance coach as oh, well. Oh sick. They're, they're keen, so I'm gonna try and do that, which will be which will be dope. We should do that. Yeah, I'm definitely. Um definitely and then no. on the twenty eighth on the Monday, gonna fly back here to Oz, which will be sick to have a, a good couple months home. Yeah. Which will be really, really cool. Because last year I only got with Dude, with two weeks of quarantine harsh, yeah. and then I had a week and a half out, then I had COVID. So mm. I really only had a week and a half at home. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm keen for it yeah for a couple of weeks
0: dude that's gonna be so sick be oh i'm excited for that yeah, then. Mate, yeah. it's gonna
1: be fucking sweet it's gonna be real good yeah, yeah i'm
0: keen to try and get a get a 450 over there with some sand tires on it i've never ridden dunes or anything like that
1: no yeah me neither it, it, i reckon it'll be just such a cool experience you know what i mean just yeah to, do you like it over around. there yeah yeah i i really like dubai and Abu Dhabi. it's yeah. a sick place dude um you know all people are super nice you know play it's hot obviously but you know well, that time of the year it's gonna be all right yeah Facilities, you know, everything is just so well done. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's a, it's you know, different part of the world, but I, I really enjoy it. You know, it's cool. I, I, really like going to Bahrain and and to the Middle East, but especially Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it's a cool place, and I'm keen to keen to have another bogan over there, mate. <laughs> it is
0: so much fun. I really want to drive around Yas Marina.
1: Yeah. Well, you can get around in those those little single seaters, and that we day? should Can't do. It? You?
0: you probably won't be able to drive you could coach me. i
1: might be able to do a post but they wouldn't allow me to go around the circuit like no. pre-race but post-race Oh
0: yeah 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 post yeah post-race
1: yeah, would yeah. Too. we we can sort it out can on there or sunday They're we can go sick. around but there's no we'll go indoor karting me and the team we always go indoor kart like last year we did indoor karting after the race weekend before testing so they have that's a kart track there yeah it's, right it's sick so we'll go show you how to kart
0: dude so i got i'll take them over i just got those um cardo systems they're like the helmet talky thing oh yeah, so yeah. we could talk to Definitely. each other yeah, tell should. you how shit you're doing yeah i'd love i would gonna smoke you a hundred percent yeah <laughs> right well you've got a, oh no we still got 15 minutes what else should we talk about or you want to go
1: up to you huh up to you you're
0: giving me real jeffrey Dahmer vibes right now eh?
1: well <laughs> depends
0: did you watch so how far into that are you
1: uh just past one episode all
0: right so you've only seen yeah, the first bro. episode it's hectic so you had the right we spoke about it a bit before so you had the right call that anyone that has watched the we'll just talk about the first step because that's yeah. all JD okay. has seen. if you're in that situation mm. which you probably won't
1: find yourself yeah i probably will not be going back to a, a bloke's apartment uh, other than
0: dude it's like shot well though like that series oh, it's it's, it's phenomenal. Like, but
1: even I I literally I think it was while I was sitting in the car I was reading the, you know the actor um, yeah. who had to um play you know him Jeffrey you know and they said it's the hardest thing he's ever had to do really I'm yeah like, dude like, dude it must be so fucked
0: so creepy like, like to to be that that guy oh man, the anxiety that I had so I watched the first episode I've watched the first episode twice because I, w- I ended up going home and watching it with Anna yeah and um like, even the second time watching it, and you just know what's coming, you know? But it was so, just still, yeah. like, it just gets you, dude, eh?
1: Oh, and his room, the uh, apartment, the I bed. I can't
0: believe the way that the cops... Like, he was just so, like, blasé. Like, bro. he had to have known that he was going to get caught.
1: I know. He's like, you want to come in? And then he, like, you surely you would have been like, do you have a permit? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't even take the time to fucking hide anything, bro. Nah. Like, he was like, yeah, just come in, bro. He's like... And then I was like, once he got caught, he was like, oh. And then tried to, you know, go. And it's like, bro, how is a, a serial killer like yourself gotten this far and so... Just that. You know bro. what, though?
0: It speaks to, because he targeted gay black men. Yeah. So, like, that's the people that no one gives a fuck about. Like, you think the cops in the 70s are going to really mm. give a fuck about black gay men. Yeah. So, that's why that dude could have got away with but it. But
1: apparently he killed white people as well
0: oh did he Uh, so I think I
1: said that I said that to my mum. I said I'm sweet you know wait 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 (laughs) it's all good I'm like oh you're a snack (laughs) you're (laughs) a (laughs) snack likes you too
0: yeah dude it was like hectic to see it, but you had the right call so like there's a point spoiler alert for everyone but he's sitting on the bed yeah and then he's like got the guy next to him and he just knows he's about to get fucking murked bro yeah
1: bros watched bros there like humming to watching the X exorcist yeah the exorcist yeah three. Oh, and, and he's there like, he's, like breathing <laughs> in and like in this weird air, and the dude's there sitting next to him like just super weird bro and then he's like can I listen to your heartbeat and he's like why and oh, Jeffrey's like oh because I, I want, want, eat. It. Cause want to eat
2: it. like him and the
1: dude was there like not really knowing what the fuck's you going on you would be on, shitting bro bro and like, he's just there like feeding through his hair oh yeah like, well
0: so like that's like that's probably the strategy mm, i don't know whether it was one of those ones where the whole time i'm thinking like what would i actually do yeah like how would i get out of this situation and then part of you thinks like you probably gotta like try and be nice to dude but it's mm. just like that ain't gonna work like, like bro he's gonna he's kill there you to anyway fucking kill you yeah but he had the hank he had like one hand with a hand handcuff on his yeah so the dude's sitting on the bed and then he's got a knife next to him basically and then the guy that he's about to kill has got one hand that's handcuffed. So then he's got like one free like yeah. handcuff thing. And the boys are like, oh. Well,
1: well, wh- what's the deal with just putting one handcuff on him?
0: Yeah, weird, eh? Like it was, the whole thing's fucking. It
1: guy, was like it was his play as if that guy got. If that, if that guy, you know, escaped. Escaped, yeah. So remember when the cops yeah, came back yeah, and he goes, why he's got a handcuff? He's like, you know. Gay stuff. Gay stuff. Yeah. You know, got pretty, We're both homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> both of us being homosexuals all, like, that yeah. was
0: creepy too that he just used that like yeah. it was almost like he knew that could like kind of could it oh, happen
1: that's dude that's
0: the second epi- you have to watch the second episode tonight it's fucking heck- i just had like a full flashback because really? the same thing happens again okay yeah like in a similar way in the yeah. second episode but yeah if you're on that bed this is the tip to anybody right if and this ever happens yeah, to you Hank, oh. jiu-jitsu won't work Right. <laughs> so the boys, the, yeah, the boys are like oh would you rear naked choke him and i'm like no i would take that fucking handcuff and i would like literally you go right across the bridge of the nose try and make his fucking eyes because your eyes would just instantly start to water. like water yeah, and you'd yeah. have like blood and shit everywhere yeah and then the crazy thing is like you were saying, it's like he he fucking kind of half gets away and then he just runs for the door. It's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, stop all of this. What you need to do is kill that fucking guy. <laughs> Make it? sure he doesn't get back up. Don't, <laughs> so like, dead. don't like
1: hook him and then go, oh, the door and, and run to the door. Like when you hook him, hook him again and and again again, and again and again again, 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 until you hear that guy not breathing and then go to the door
0: yeah it was hectic so anyone if you want to watch some real like kooky weird shit but apparently wait can you look this up Griff actually uh Jeffrey Dahmer copycat killer like I think there was like a recent thing um a recent thing where like this guy like pretty much just went and tried to do like basically the same thing um
2: Christopher
0: Scarber. Go down. Go down. Uh I think he might be out of luck here, mate. Yeah, dude, I saw some I saw something the other day, but there's a really? bunch of like there's a bunch of weird shit now about apparently like Netflix didn't even ask the families or like the, it just came out and oh, all, really? all of the fam like so the The, the dummy. What's that? The no, dummy. like the of the victims. Oh the victims. Yeah, right, yeah. so like there's apparently there's like a one of the episodes because they go through like the whole court case yeah yeah and then um so like this one of the sisters of the victims that was like on the stand testifying like there's literally reenacted everything she said and then yeah. it just comes out on netflix imagine how weird that would be yeah, but like it just seeing, comes out on yeah. netflix and you see you like your testimony on a thing it's so weird huh super fucking weird
1: fucking crazy shit so um that's jeffrey damier damier mm. we've we've ended the podcast on that on on that um weird serial killer it's, shit yep um weird it's, gay it's, serial it's killers it came came some way i'd say i think we started with i can't even remember do you remember what we started with
0: i started with criticizing you for not wearing shoes but i'm actually not really that mad at it
1: no it's it's quite comfy yeah but like you when know, you come to oz exactly you just
0: gotta just get the shoes off you really need to have a little over- dig there
1: Huh? that really wasn't no one knows that <laughs> I'm not wearing, it's under the table nah, no one oh really yeah. knows I'm not wearing shoes and now he's just got to I like it. I like okay, it. Okay, but I'm you just said I'm having a dig. So like, you're now doing that. You now you're I'm now ba- being yeah, the haters. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm you're, being he came. He's criticizing it. Now he's he's backstepping because <laughs> he feels it. bad.
0: Nah, no, no, But I do it all the time. There's sometimes I come to work wearing the most fucked up shorts. Don't and try. I'm like and, on the don't pod. try
1: and make me feel better. I'm not trying to make you, you feel better. You feel I'm better. just
0: saying it's one of the it's one of the good things about the podcast. It's like literally here up. Exactly. I could be doing these things completely naked under the table, and no one would ever know. No, even with binoculars no one would ever. All right, get out of here, you gotta go skydiving, you fucking weirdo. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother love you, doggy.
1: Love you so much.